2: It's the only podcast on the internet that aspires to be the strangest thing in the neighborhood every Halloween. I'm your host Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac on the internet and I'm thrilled to wish you a very happy and spooky Halloween since Halloween falls on a Tuesday and thus you've got an episode of Extra Plasm for your Fright Night. For my part, I know where I'll be tonight and it'll be in front of my house with a 15-foot marshmallow man and projectors boring in the windows as we set up our home to be a big ongoing bust for kids to visit each year. I love this holiday probably more than any other, and I'm really stoked to be celebrating tonight with people in my community. But I should emphasize, if you want a truly Halloween podcast with a Ghostbusters theme, don't forget to check out the Interdimensional CrossRips annual WGBI Halloween Spooktacular radio mix that's expertly curated and produced by Chris Stewart. I just finished listening to it while I was prepping uh, the little monologue for the episode this week, and I have to say it's pretty amazing, so go check that out if you haven't. But in terms of what we're doing this week... This episode, we're catching up with our friends at the Buffalo Ghostbusters, and we're joined by returning guest Dan Lyberg and newcomer Chris Burns. Dan and Chris and I had a fun conversation about what they've been up to, including a new Ghostbusters franchise playing card project to fundraise for Hook and Ladder 8, their recent appearance at New York Comic-Con, their podcast miniseries with author James Green Jr. discussing his book, A Convenient Parallel Dimension, and their successful Ghostbusters Day event at the Firehouse in New York City. It was great to talk with Chris and Dan, and I'll be bringing you that conversation in a bit. But before we get there, we've got to talk about some exciting news this week because it was pretty busy. So let's jump into Ghostbusters headlines.
0: Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Fall in topic today ghosts and ghostbusting.
1: The
2: extra Plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at ya. So, to start things off in Ghostbusters headlines, let's talk a bit about Ghostbusters Firehouse. And I know right now, some of you are thinking, um, what news happened with relationship to Firehouse, Jim? Well, here's the deal uh, there really still isn't any. <laughs> and I will be forthright in saying that I thought by Halloween we would have seen a trailer. But uh, here we are without one. So, what I want to talk about for a few minutes are some Ghostbusters Firehouse rumors. If you were paying attention to the Extraplasm Instagram page this past week, you may have seen me throw up a poll, uh, in a bit of frustration perhaps. Asking people whether we should start doing more prodigious rumor busting on Extraplasm. And while I suggested that I might start an entire segment about it, I'm not really sure that I want to do that every week and look for rumors to bust. Uh, But I do want to talk about a few things that are suddenly circulating about this movie and that seem to be picking up some similar steam to previous rumors uh, that were decidedly incorrect. So let's clear the air a bit, shall we? There's an ongoing set of rumors about Ghostbusters titles and trailers. The first of these emerged early last week as a claim from a German language website called Kinocheck. Originally, Kinocheck was very boldly reporting that the title of the new Ghostbusters movie was Ghostbusters, The New Ice Age, and was pointing to social media posts with a very bad mock-up of a Ghostbusters poster with German language text. If you googled that German language text, surprise, the only place you'd find it was on Kinocheck's website back in July as part of a similar rumor article, and then, Things got even more ridiculous over a keynote check. A few days later, another rumored title came out, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, and this title was being suggested by a Twitter account and YouTube channel called Cryptic HD Quality, who typically releases the runtimes of 4K uh, video releases. So streaming video releases, movies, Blu-rays, etc. They will tell you what the runtime is, and were offering up suggestions that they also knew about the potentiality of a Ghostbusters trailer being quote-unquote prepared Um, They claimed that the title was Frozen Empire, and further indicated uh, two days later that they thought Frozen Empire was a quote-unquote stupid title, but claimed that the trailer was now complete and would be released within the next two weeks. So we went from a completely anonymous Twitter account essentially saying uh, that there is a trailer being produced with a particular name to within less than 48 hours that trailer being complete and being out within the next two weeks, and... Hilariously, that post was also uh, reiterated by Kinocheck, who updated their coverage and the title of the movie, but didn't really bother to change the artwork of the previous incorrect fake movie poster in German. So now you've got a website that is posting conflicting information, both the German title that was incorrect, potentially, and a new title called Frozen Empire at the same time. How does that work out? And then that was also reported by an Indian website that reports on pop culture and seems to have articles written by like one of three people called Max Blizz. And my favorite website full of perennial bullshit, Inside the Magic. If you've never been there, Inside the Magic is the kind of website that runs articles with titles like New Ghostbusters Trailer Shows Off Classic Villain Returning to Series. And then when you click it, what it's really about is how Sam Hain is in the video game Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Or they run things about how new villain revealed for Ghostbusters series, and then you click on it, and it's the trailer for Rise of the Ghost Lord. Um, Inside the Magic is phenomenal at reporting absolutely nothing and making it seem as if they're saying something else all the time. It's kind of their business model. So from there, this rumor has now been reiterated across tons of low-quality blogs and social media sites, all chasing ad revenue and seeking clicks. And to top it all off, I began getting messages about the same time from some people claiming that they had quote-unquote inside info that the trailer was dropping this Friday, and then even more people claiming that the trailer was dropping on the 10th of November, and in all cases, nobody could actually name a source. So now I had two different sets of people who were messaging me about two different potential movie t- titles and two different particular potential trailer release dates, all for the same movie. And the final rumor came in yesterday on Monday when a Twitter user claiming to be an insider alleged that a test screening of the next Ghostbusters movie was now underway, but also claiming that they could not indicate where it was happening. So yet another bold claim without any evidence to support it that began to be reiterated by people within the Ghostbusters fandom. And let's be kind of logical for a moment. Is it more likely that an entire movie whose production ran right up to the strikes that are still underway, by the way, has a finished cut? Or is it potentially possible that there's a work print, or maybe even better yet, that maybe there's a test screening of a trailer? So what do we actually know? The answer? Absolutely nothing, other than the fact that once again the Ghostbusters fandom seems to be chasing its tail over social media posts, having zero authoritative information, just like we have been in the past for the last few weeks. And I said this in the previous episode of Extra Plasm, you know, sort of talking about the show East stuff that people kind of get out of hand running with information, but maybe don't really know what's going on. That seems to be kind of what's going on at this point. Let's be real. Could we get a trailer in the next two weeks? I mean, I would hope so. If this movie is still on track for a March release, because we're now about four months from when it should come out, uh, we we really need a trailer. We haven't seen a single piece of marketing beyond a logo and a poster, Um, and that logo was on the poster. So if a trailer drops at this point, it's not some, like, mind-blowing surprise. Rather, it's an inevitability. It has to happen at this point. Is the movie called Frozen Empire, or is it called The New Ice Age, or is it actually still called Hell's Kitchen? Probably not. Uh, Should you take anything you see seriously from anonymous social media posters or the blogs that repeatedly post rumor? I'd go with no. Um, So, and the reason I'm saying all this is because I love hearing from folks who are listening to Extraplasm, but I also hate seeing people so, like, amped up and anxious about whether or not information is right, whether or not information is wrong, people arguing about what is and isn't a leak. And I'm so, like, at this point I've joked that I would like for Twitter to go away for the simple fact that uh, it is the place that originated all of this stuff this week, (laughs) and has driven me a little bit crazy. So when and where will we get a legitimate trailer or info about it? Here's my advice. Keep your eye on Deadline.com. Almost every single time that Sony releases information about a movie and that the information is legit, that's who reports on it. It's where you got all your afterlife announcements, and if you didn't, then someone you know got your news from Deadline. And in the meantime, uh, relax. The rumor mill isn't helping anyone, frankly. It only complicates matters for the folks who are actually trying to market this film or uh, figure out how to bring it to you know into, into the world, uh, given all the other tensions that have gone on with strikes and other things. So it doesn't help anybody to be like, I'm first in reporting information that has no basis. In fact, in fact, it actually just creates confusion for people. And by the same token, if you're going to reiterate the thing you heard as a rumor, go right ahead and share the link while you do it. I talked with several people this week who would say, I have a rumor about this thing. And I'd say, where is the link? And they say, I don't want to share it because I don't want that place to get clicks. Yet by the same token, they still want to tell me about the rumor. At which point I'm like, well, what are you really doing? You're just reiterating things without evidence. If you're going to share rumors, Provide the link that way everybody else can look at the link and go, um, is this bullshit or not? And rather than having to go look for it themselves, it really answers things. But I'll be honest, I really think that the rumor mill is is not helpful to anybody. And I think that after watching these rumors kind of transmogrify and snowball over the course of a week, I really have zero faith in any of them. I don't believe that any of them are necessarily true. And I'll be, if I find out that the movie's actually called Frozen Empire and it's a play on frozen things and the Empire State Building or something, I'll be totally stoked to still go see the movie. But I'm just going to throw this out there. If you're not hearing about information for, about this movie at this point from Deadline, the official Ghostbusters accounts on social media, the social media accounts of Jason Reitman, Gil Kennan, or uh, Eric Reich, um, take whatever you're hearing with an enormous bucket of salt. OK, I mean, if I'm going to talk about something on Extra Plasm, I'm generally going to give you a source for it. And that's kind of why I'm addressing this here. Is because I did talk to several people who were very excited to share these pieces of info with me as if they were news. And I kind of had to stop and throw a little bit of cold water on it and say, it's not really news. It's just rumor. Um, and if you, you're one of those people out there, you're awesome. Uh, thank you for contacting me and letting me know what you ran into, because I'm happy to see things and talk with folks about it. But I did start to feel bad after a while of having to be like, hold on, um, put the brakes on because maybe this isn't anything to get too excited about. So what can we get excited about then? Let's talk about some merchandise news, because I think that we all know what very exciting thing is out there to talk about. And specifically, we're going to talk about the Hasbro HasLab two in the box combo pack of the PKE meter and the ghost trap that was revealed on Friday. If you haven't seen this already, then you must have been like somewhere buried inside of a containment unit uh, floating around on a rock because this was the big announcement that came out on Friday at the 1027 event. Although, to be fair, uh, it kind of leaked early because Hasbro accidentally uploaded their video content to YouTube early, and then it turned out that the 1027 event was not at all live because the entire video was posted once it was up, Uh, and that meant that people could easily scrub to the end of the video to see the HasLab without watching the full hour and a half of coverage and content on Hasbro stuff, which, to be fair, I I totally did that. Um, But I digress. But this is a pretty cool thing that's coming out. If you haven't seen it already, you're getting uh, an afterlife inspired Ghostbusters PKE meter and an afterlife inspired Ghostbusters Ghost Trap, both of which have lots of working components to them. The uh, price on this is $299.99 and the last day to back it is December 11th. I've already backed it. I will probably decide by the time we get there if I'm backing it a second time, although admittedly, I've said I'm not going to. Uh, But. This is amazing. These are both uh, props that are scanned from the original props uh, that are you know, in the Sony archives. The ghost trap has a removable cartridge, a working activation pedal, uh, internal LEDs that are super bright, multicolored LEDs for multiple effects. It has a what they're calling a specter selector, which allows you to uh, select specific sounds that will come out of it as if you're hunting a, sp- a particular ghost. And it actually has the two little bars on the side can be swapped out in order to change what those sound effects are. It has functioning trap doors and a rumble motor, just kind of like the Mattel trap did back in the day. It's got premium metal finishes as opposed to being plastic. So, if you think about the uh, Ghostbusters Spangler wand that came out that Hasbro made, if you compared that to the Maddie Collector wand, the Spangler wand had much more sort of real metal and durability to it, which is this is kind of the same thing. It has die cast wheels, a docking station display stand, um, and Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and Ghostbusters Afterlife modes. The PKE meter. Has a real life EMF detection mode, which is hilarious. You'll be able to go look for EM fields if you're like an actual person who chases the paranormal, or if you just like having a PKE meter set off by your fridge when you walk by it. Um, <laughs> has a multi LED display panel, motorized LED line wings. Uh, the probably the most authentic and accurate sound effects that I think uh, we've heard so far from a PKE meter, if I'm not you know incorrect about this, and the ability to move between different modes. It has a uh, low ionization, high ionization and mute settings for the ghost detection mode, as well as a taser mode, meaning the Spangler upgrade with the toggle switch on the back because it is the afterlife PKE meter and it comes with a display stand. Now, like, these are things that on Friday, somebody would have told you you had to rush out to go back to make sure you were going to get because enough people had to because enough, up to 10,000 people or had to back it to get it started. But that's already happened Um, by between Friday afternoon and Monday morning we've crossed that threshold of 10,000 backers. So now we're at the point where we find out what happens with the tiers. Um, There are three tiers that can be unlocked. The Supernatural Startup Unlock will unlock at 12,000 backers, uh, and that is going to give you a set of blueprints for these props, as well as some bumper stickers for things like Camp Wakanda um it's essentially a series of stickers and uh paper props they're going to go alongside with the two props you're getting. I'll be honest, this is not necessarily the unlock that I'm the most excited about. It does come with a Ghostbusters patch which is kind of fun, but I've got better Ghostbusters patches, especially the ones you can get from GB fans, which you should totally do because they're on my new flight suit and they're amazing. Uh 15,000 backers will unlock the highly secure receptacle unlock, which what that really is is a a uh, belt holster for the ghost trap and a has lab patch to be 100% real. I want this, not the has lab patch. I don't really care about that, but I do care about the uh, belt holster because I want the ability to carry a ghost trap around that is not a spirit trap, that doesn't have a stupid plastic dinky thing on it that holds it on my belt, and instead is got a proper V hook and has a proper uh, holster to put it in because I've never had one and um, I want one. So that's awesome. And at eighteen thousand backers we'll get the psychokinetic energy detection unlock, which is essentially pretty much the same thing but for the pKE meter. It's a holster for the pKE meter that'll fit this specific afterlife pKE meter with its switch. and I believe that the patch you get at that point is a mini puffed logo uh, patch. So there's several patch options here, but uh, to me, that's not really what's exciting in terms of the unlocks. Uh, you're gonna hear me talk about some of this stuff a bit later because I do have a bit of a conversation at the end of this week's episode with Uh, Dan and Chris about the HasLab. So, to not reiterate and repeat myself at the beginning and the end, I'll probably hold some of what I have to say about it back. And you can hear that at the end of the episode. But I will say that I'm more excited about these particular, you know, cosplay utility items than I am about more paper stuff. If you're like me, you are a person who bought two proton packs because you're insane uh, as a HasLab backer. And that means that you have two large boxes in your house somewhere. And both of them are filled with lots of additional paper stuff. Journal, uh, a pack of stickers, blueprints, etc. None of these things are bad, but they're all things that I call drawer fodder. Uh, they're all things that I'm not going to utilize when I'm displaying my prop, uh, and they're things I'm not necessarily going to carry around when I go out to go use it. I'm not probably not going to carry the Spangler journal with me to a con and be like, "Look, check out my book." Uh, but I will definitely use the belt holsters uh, if I have an opportunity to pick those up. So without question, like, please go back this thing because it's freaking amazing. And also the more people who back it, the more likely we all get belt holsters. Uh, But I I can't stress enough. This is a really cool, really cool offering. Um, I do talk at the end of the podcast a bit about whether or not these could have been released individually as opposed to as a has lab uh, together. But, you know, either way, I I think that for the value you're getting at essentially three hundred dollars for two amazing high quality props that have been scanned uh, from the legacy from the original props that have a lineage back to original props as opposed to being something that was just sculpted brand new or, you know, it was a cheap copy, et cetera, is really amazing. And if you really think about the price point on this, like there have been things like the Hollywood Collectible Studios uh, Ghost Trap that doesn't even do anything that cost way more than this. Right. (laughs) So and to buy either of these items from the Maddie Collector versions at resale at this point on eBay after years will cost you literally like three times the price of buying one of these or something, right? So to buy them together would be crazy. A trap will run you $800. A PKE meter will run you four. If you want to spend $1,200, you can, but why? You can just spend like what? 300. Um, and so you can spend what's the one quarter of the price of trying to chase down the Maddie props brand new in the box uh, on eBay at this point. So if you haven't taken a look at this already, you absolutely should. And one place uh, one person I want to sort of, A shout out real quick, YouTuber Popular Tripe uh, went to London MCM Comic Con this past weekend and Hasbro actually brought prototypes to London MCM Comic Con and had them on display in a case. So if you want to see really up close, like even better than the HasLab video details of what these props look like, go over to YouTube and check out Popular Tripe's channel. It's P-O-P-U-L-A-R, popular and tripe, T-R-I-P-E. Um, he's also a cool follower of the podcast too. I enjoy his stuff. So go take a look at that for sure, because, um, there's no better way to see those props right now than through that coverage. Um, so if you're, if you're not backing already, I strongly suggest it. And I'm going to be real with you. Um, you don't want to sit on these and wait, because if you are one of the folks who waited on the Haslab proton pack, and then afterwards you had buyers, you had remorse rather not buyers remorse, but not buyers remorse <laughs> of a person who didn't make a purchase, then you know that the price of those items has like skyrocketed on eBay and not even necessarily because they're super rare. There's lots of them out there. But for somebody to make their money back on eBay means that they have to charge more than that thing ever cost because they're going to get hit with eBay fees and potentially taxation afterwards. So like it's hard to get these items as cheap as they were when they came out uh, later on. Right. The reality is that like you might skip on this and say, I'll pick it up later at resale. But as opposed to paying three hundred dollars, you're going to spend five hundred dollars on these things because That's how the cookie crumbles with these kinds of HasLab items at resale. So, I will say if you're not backing yet and you're kind of on the fence, if that helps you climb over the fence and join us in the land of backing, do it Uh, because you will regret it later on, probably, if you don't. And you don't have, especially if you don't have either of these props, Uh, because who knows if you'll ever see them again. The typical thing about HasLabs is that you're never going to see that item produced again. So, maybe you could get variants of these later, but I mean, it seems pretty unlikely given that Hasbro only seems interested in producing Ghostbusters stuff when there's actually a media product to go along with it. Uh, They're not generally producing Ghostbusters toys when there's not a movie coming out. Okay, Uh, so that gives you a bit of the overview on the HasLab and my advice that you should totally go get it. And if you want to see more about it, by all means, check out Popular Tripe. You can, of course, go to the HasLab website. You can go and check out the presentation that's on YouTube on Hasbro Pulse's YouTube channel. And of course, you can go check out coverage on Ghostbusters News because, you know, Jason covered it. He did a great job. Two other places to go check out information if you want to about the HasLab 2 in the Box. Uh, one is if you go over to the Ghostbusters subreddit, www.reddit.com r slash Ghostbusters, uh, Emily from Hasbro is actually responding to a thread in that uh, subreddit where people are asking questions and follow-up advice, et cetera, about uh, the upcoming release. This is how we kind of found out that the EMF meter is in there. That got clarified a bit, and there's been some other sort of tidbits that she's alluded to about uh, whether or not these are moddable, et cetera. So if you want to get some sort of like, I don't want to say insider knowledge because I don't think she's releasing anything she's not allowed to, uh, but sort of some more Q&A knowledge about what's going on with these props, how they were designed, et cetera. Feel free to hop over on the Ghostbusters subreddit and take a look for that post. And the other place you can go get some information about this, if you haven't already, is Ghostbusters Radio Live, the uh, show that's produced by Craig and Abby and Jacob over at Yes Have Some. Uh, That show happened on Sunday with Craig and Jacob getting into a pretty in-depth discussion about the HasLab. I'm pretty sure that's about all they talked about was the HasLab on that episode, and they took a lot of questions from the uh, chat. They offered up a lot of insights, et cetera. So uh, it's a pretty good episode discussing what's going on with that uh, release. So feel free. Like, there's a lot of places to go get information. But if you want to get more in-depth in stuff, by all means, hop over to Ghostbusters News, hop over to the HasLab presentation itself, uh, hop over to, to Reddit, to the subreddit to find out stuff from Emily, or hop over to a Yes Have Sums coverage because there's lots of it out there. Okay. Beyond the HasLab, the other merchandise news to talk about for the week is that Triwa, the watch company that had previously announced they were going to be putting out a Ghostbusters line, has now put that line out for purchase. Uh, you can buy them now at this point. There's two different designs that then have uh, two different variants to them. The classic edition will run you 169 and includes a glow-in-the-dark no-ghost logo in the position of the number six and has an engraved no-ghost crown while the other variant will have uh, run you eight night one eighty nine 189 and has similar features, but also adds the I ain't afraid of no ghost slogan on the inside of the watch. Each of these uh, have engraved case backs. And the thing that's kind of interesting about them is that they're designed to be like eco friendly watches. They're entirely made of ocean reclaimed plastic, so they have an ocean theme to them. I believe that the actual name of them might actually have ocean in it. There's two different uh, colors here that you can pick between. One has a seaweed green strap paired with a slime resistant protect- protector case. The other one has a slick black um, strap. So you can take a look at these over at their website. It's Triwa is the manufacturer's name. T R I W A. Uh, I will say, if you're a person who likes to wear Ghostbuster stuff that's subtle that nobody realizes is Ghostbuster stuff, these watches might be for you because this is not like Reebok producing a shoe. Um, if Reebok had produced these watches, the watches would have looked like somebody threw up all over them. Um, for some of you out there with the Reebok shoes that are pink with the slime on them are offended right now, and I'm sorry, but I hate those shoes. I think they look terrible. Uh, and these don't look like that. They are much more subtle watches that unless somebody was right on top of you and looking at the watch, they would probably never even notice that you had a Moogly on your watch uh, inside of it. So if you're the kind of person who likes to kind of hide or sneak your popular culture references into your wardrobe and then let people kind of slowly discover them for fun. This might be a good set of watches for you. Let's talk about video games for a moment. Uh, The big video game news for the week is that Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord has launched for MetaQuest and PlayStation VR platforms. Uh, From what I've seen so far, it's getting relatively positive coverage with a lot of folks talking about how fun the gameplay is. The place I want to refer you to to go check this out, though, most is to go over to Ghostbusters News because Jason Fitzsimmons actually got to uh, get some hands on experience with this on his brand new MetaQuest 3, and he was able to capture video from the game and his experience playing it on camera as well. And he kind of presents them both side by side on video so you can kind of see what it's like for him interacting with the controllers and what it's like on screen as you know, or in his view inside the uh, headset. And I think this is really cool. Like, I have to be honest, I don't have a VR headset. I'm probably not going around buy one, but I definitely want to try this game because it feels a lot like the design of it um, is akin to the 2009 Ghostbusters game, but with controls that are more oriented towards VR. But the sort of like how you trap a, a ghost is very similar and sort of like the zap them, you know, trap them and cap them uh, mindset. Now I totally screw that up probably and said that out of order. And one of you will email me and tell me and that's OK. Uh, but the point is that it's kind of very similar play in terms of how you put the ghosts in the box. Uh, that's whereas Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed, as much as I love it, changes that dynamic. The way things work and the way physics work to bust the ghost are kind of fundamentally different. So, um, you know, for instance, traps run out of energy, whereas they kind of don't do that in the original uh, 2009 game. So it definitely looks like a lot of fun. I, you can go and watch Jason play the tutorial level in the first few Uh, you know, kind of levels of gameplay and see what it's like for sure. And I'm hoping that I get to try this soon. I can can kind of give you my own review. I I do know that there's a couple of folks out there who are listeners of the podcast who have been generous enough to uh, suggest that I can come by their house and play it. Uh, Some of those people are more local than others, so I'm probably not going to get on a plane to go do it, but uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to give this a shot soon and give folks uh, my review of it, but definitely go take a look at it. And if you have a PlayStation VR or you have a Meta Quest, there's no reason not to go grab this thing now and check it out. Uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed news uh, includes this week that there's a new suit that you can get, or rather a tint for your suit. The way to do it is you have to complete the weekly challenge before November 2nd, so essentially before uh, two days from now. And the weekly challenge is super easy. You have to like destroy $15,000 worth of stuff. That's basically what happens when you turn the proton pack on in that game. I'm I'm kidding, but like there's but the the shooting $15,000 worth of stuff in that game is like break a few windows and, uh, you know, nuke an ATM machine. Uh, but for the most part, like this is not a difficult challenge to achieve. So if you want that suit, if you want to be able to get that slime tent suit, you'll have it unlocked permanently after this week. It's not one that's going to go away apparently, uh, and be time released. So, uh, go into the game this week and make sure that you at least rack up 15,000, you know dollars worth of damage so you can get the new slime tent suit. Uh beyond that, there's not a lot new to announce about that game this week, but why should there be? We just got a DLC like a week ago. Um I'm hoping that we might get a couple quality of life updates. There's a couple little small glitches that are happening in the game. I know I've been dropped out and had the game crash on me a few times, but I have to be honest, like I've said this in previous weeks that this new DLC is probably the most stable one they've released and it's the most fun. i am having tons of fun with uh Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed Ecto Edition. And I have to say, my Sam Samhain game is getting pretty sick. Uh, so uh, if you're out there playing Spirits Unleashed, um, let me know about it. It's kind of fun to start finding people on there and uh, setting up some games and whatnot. And I admit that I have been out there kind of lurking, uh, not using uh, my old handle because I didn't want to be bugged by people for a while. But I might be getting back into the mode of wanting to reconnect with folks and maybe set up a really cool event uh, on that. Game for folks who are listening to the podcast might be a good idea. We'll see. In unofficial media news, uh, the first thing I want to tell you about is a very local thing for those of us who are living in the Los Angeles area. Paul Feig is having a director's cut screening at Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles of Ghostbusters: Answer the Call. Uh, for some of you wondering, why is that unofficial media? That movie is official. Well, because it's a it's a charity screening. It's a benefit screening, and it's a director's cut. And to be frank, I don't know if that means it's a different director's cut than one we've seen before. As uh, Paul is going to be there for a Q&A and uh, actually a cocktail party afterwards if you pay enough money. <laughs> so uh, it's $40 to attend this if you're in the Los Angeles area at Dynasty Typewriter on November 19th. And it is a benefit that funds the Good Deed Corps. Uh, the Good Deed Corps, if you've never heard of them, is a group that es- essentially uh, came out during the pandemic um, and it started doing backyard movie screenings and cele- with celebrities attending them uh, to do Q&A's. And this has kind of taken off now and become something that happens at this small 300 person uh, theater called Dynasty Typewriter in Mid-City. The uh, Good Deed Corps essentially raises funds in order to help encourage uh, and stimulate elections and election enrollment and engagement in sort of battleground states and in places where it's underrepresentation. They've done a lot of work to try and bring out voter turnout in Georgia. They have uh, worked to help employ someone to work in uh, sort of border towns uh, in Texas to try to stimulate uh, folks to come out and vote uh, who are otherwise kind of disconnected from the electoral process in these places where you have, ele- you know, immigration policy being shaped, et cetera. And so it, this is definitely a benefit and it's definitely one that has sort of a progressive uh, liberal underpinning to it. So it may not be for folks if you're like, that's if that's not your cup of tea. If you're like, my worst nightmare is to sit in a room full of uh, liberal Democrats and uh, watch Ghostbusters 2016, then this might not be for you. Uh, but if you're the kind of person who's open-minded enough to enjoy Ghostbusters 2016 without posting horrible things on the internet, then you could probably have a good time at this. And I say that that directly that I have been to one of these before. Uh, I saw Weird Al's movie with Weird Al sitting literally directly behind me uh, at Dynasty Typewriter a few months ago, and it was a Good Deed Core screening, and I had a blast. So... Uh, they tend to, uh, you, for your, you know, getting in, they tend to have like an open bar. They have food, they have snacks. I think we were handed lemon drops on our way in the door last time because they want people to come in, have a good time, and consider donating some money to help out the cause. So um, this is, I think, gonna be a really fun event, a really good time. I'm really excited to be going November 19th, Los Angeles, Dynasty Typewriter. Uh, Come on out if you're in the area or anywhere nearby. And if you have any questions about getting there, anything about like where to park and stuff, if you want some advice, feel free to ask. I go to Dynasty Typewriter like literally once a month. Um, So it's a place that I know really, really well. And additionally, in unofficial media news, um, NXT Wrestling's Halloween Havoc show is happening tonight at 8 p.m. That's on USA Network, and that's Eastern Standard Time. I should say that. It will feature a Ghostbusters tie-in, not unlike Matt Cardona's uh, GCW Homecoming entry a few months ago. The Orlando Ghostbusters have confirmed that they are involved with uh, this program, with John Griffin's Ecto-1B coming out to valet or introduce somebody tonight. Uh, It's not really clear what that's going to be yet, but Ghostbusters News certainly reported on this. Uh, And I was amused because when Jason posted this to his Instagram for Ghostbusters News, Matt Cardona Uh, actually replied and said that this was a copycat gimmick to his own. I'm pretty sure he was being facetious, uh, but if you remember, Matt Cardona had the Ecto-1NJ appear a few months ago at GCW Homecoming, and then we had Nick and Greg on the podcast to talk a bit about that. So um, if you're looking for a fun thing tonight for Halloween to check out, if you don't have plans already to watch The Great Pumpkin with Charlie Brown or whatever, um, or perhaps put on a horror movie, or perhaps watch you some Ghostbusters, You can tune into USA Network to check out their Halloween Havoc show. Um, And beyond that, I want to say, you know, just the fun thing I like to try and leave you with out of headlines every week. I've already told you to go check out the CrossRips WGBI Halloween episode, and you totally should. I want to reiterate that, like, Jason Fitzsimmons has been doing this Halloween uh, unfolding thing of his proton pack and Kenner stuff, his sort of Kenner replica, real Ghostbusters full-size replica props he's been making with his 3D printer over the last few weeks. And I think you're about to see some pretty amazing stuff he's going to reveal. So if you um, have not been following that, you totally should. If you um, have been following it, I think you're about to see sort of the culmination of a lot of that project. And I have to say, as somebody who's been a little bit on the inside of seeing that get done and gotten some teases along the way, it's amazing. Um, I want this 3D printer Jason's using because I want to make everything I now want to make everything I've ever seen and build it all and fill my house with it until somebody uh, starts the new series of hoarders. that's just about people who 3D printed themselves into a hole because they couldn't leave their house. Now, I don't really want that part, but I do want a 3D printer. It sounds really amazing. Uh, OK, so uh, with our discussion of rumor mill uh, sort of bur- behi- buried behind us and our discussion of way more exciting news about HazLab proton packs and what's happening with video games and watches and things out of the way. Um, let's go now to my conversation with Dan and Chris from the Buffalo Ghostbusters. Joining me on Extra Plasm Podcast from all the way across the country, back in the great state, the empire state of New York, my land of, you know, love and home and the great world of pizza and bagels and everything. that's amazing. Although <clears throat> these guys are from West New York, so they don't really have access to all that stuff. But I don't oh, need to good pizza them. here. <laughs> <laughs> the Buffalo Ghostbusters are joining us. Dan Lieberg and Chris Burns, you do have some good pizza. And if you don't have great pizza, you're famous for wings. How are you doing?
1: There you go. We're doing good. Yeah, doing real Dan. good. Been a busy, busy month.
2: Yeah, um, Dan, I know that you you had posted earlier that you were at um, an event, Amir like two hours before we were about to post it to the podcast. And I went, yeah, these photos from this morning. Uh, and then you and Chris came on and you were like, yeah, no, we had two events this morning. And I'm like, wait, what? Yep. Like, I <laughs>
1: <laughs> Halloween's busy when you're in a Ghostbusters franchise.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do that real quick because it is Halloween. Uh, this is the Halloween episode of extra plasm. So happy Halloween to everybody listening out there um, from, from me. And of course, I think from you guys, unless you want to just be like, no, Halloween's terrible, but
1: yeah happy halloween everyone happy halloween guys
2: (laughs) like not usually it would have been funny if you're like no it really is i'm tired i'm exhausted i've been to 14 events in the last week. i don't
1: want to see another reese's cup for at least a couple months
2: (laughs) do you um do you like cadbury chocolate
1: i like cadbury eggs yeah that's what i mean
2: like the little eggs right i'm amused by the fact that this year for the first time ever uh, the folks at Cadbury figured out how to take that particular form of Easter crack and turn it into a Halloween thing. You can now buy the mini eggs, except they're called like Harvest Autumn Balls or something. I don't, they're not really called <laughs> that, but like.
1: <laughs> oh, to be <laughs> a fly of on the <laughs> what, yeah, what should we call this? How about Harvest Balls? Cool. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Nobody else have another idea. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't really remember what they're called, but you could find them in the store. They were like the little mini eggs and like with the hard candy shell around them, except they were all in autumn colors. You just want me colors. to go
1: to my grocery store and ask for Harvest Balls.
2: I kind of do, because that would be whole fun. whole
1: conversation is. Like, what is... We need to record is, it, Dan.
2: Does that mean you get to go to like a Wegmans, though? Yeah. Oh, we well then, yeah, you you absolutely have to go to Wegmans and do that, because that's like the greatest <laughs> supermarket from upstate to go to. Like, absolutely, no you have to go to Wegmans. Um, I, I always, I always like talking to folks from upstate because it's like, I grew up on long Island. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my existence at first, it was a very suburban long Island existence. And then I went to like school in Poughkeepsie. So it was like, I kind of moved upstate, but not really upstate. It was like, ah, yeah, the train still goes here. You don't have to get on Amtrak. And then when I became a debate coach, I was like a regional debate coach. Um, when I was working, uh, you know, for a college up there. And I had my first taste of places like Buffalo and Rochester and Ithaca and all these places that were like actual upstate. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is like there's a whole different like area of New York. I never knew existed, like an entirely different culture of New Yorkers and things. So I wasn't really trying to insult your pizza and your bagels, but it is a very different food culture up where you are versus down there in the city. So
1: totally. Yeah, no. And it's really funny because there's been so many times and I know, you know, we have this association and friendship with the firehouse because of ghostbusters day but there's been so many times that we get messages from people who don't really realize how far away from the city we are (laughs) where they're like hey could you know this this shirt is limited to only pick up at the firehouse could you pick me one up i'm like we're six hours away (laughs) Like, like i'm not just driving by the firehouse today guys i can't i can't just pick something up well, that's
2: funny you say that, right? Because um, when I know you went to New York Comic Con, and I want to talk to you a bit about that in a few minutes, but yeah, um, <laughs> when you, I think I talked to you the night before you were going, because I was like, "Hey, we should do a podcast soon and talk about things you've got going on." And you were like, "I was like, yeah. I don't have time." <clears throat> well, you said, "I don't, I don't know." Do but you were, you were far more gracious because you said, "I don't know if I'll be able to fit that in before I leave." Right? And I was yeah. like. Yeah, no, you, you totally can't. Like the minute you said it, I was like, it no, was you like definitely can't. It was Thursday
1: can. night and I was leaving Friday morning. And I was yeah. really polite about
2: it. And you totally were, but I mean, no, being like being a person who's from New York, when you said it, I was just like, reply back. I was like, yeah, no, you totally can't. <laughs> like there's no <laughs> way you can do it before you leave. <laughs> but then I got to thinking, I was like, "That has got to be like, what, at least a six, in, how, in a six eight hour drive to get from yeah, Buffalo six. down to yeah. New York, like to the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So. When I talked to you on Thursday night and you were like, I'm leaving in the morning. I'm like, oh, my God, you have to be getting up at like (laughs) one in the morning or something to be down there before rush hour or whatever. So, yeah, that's not a small like I want to say that for folks who like often see how often like, you know, you all like you and Chris and the folks over at Buffalo are down at the firehouse. um, It's not a quick hike. It's not like you hop on a subway and go. It's like a six hour drive. In each direction, it, you it's like have to a full it. day of driving.
0: <laughs> no, that yeah. definitely has to be planned.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, that also means that you probably don't deliver hot wings to the firehouse from Buffalo. It's not a thing that you've tried to pull off yet, but
1: <laughs> not yet. But we we want to though. <laughs>
2: well, that could be a fun challenge. <laughs> I think I may have just given you a challenge to do. You're like, we need to create a wing containment unit, It's able to sustain the moisture and heat of the wings, and you know, primary. Uh, principal efficiency (laughs) by the time it gets there there you go okay
1: this is actually this is actually a really funny anecdote though uh when we did go to new york city we went out for dinner to a bar that a bunch of firemen frequent right near firehouse and i was uh giving shit to nick over he's the one fireman um over the fact of, like, you know, of course, we're going to be a, a little bit playfully arrogant about our wings. You know, we have to be. <laughs> but I was like, wait a minute, though. Like, why are the wings in orders of seven or 14? <laughs> I have never in my life ordered seven wings. That's <laughs> true. <Yeah. laughs> you order
2: wings by the dozen typically or the half right. dozen. Yeah. Actually, in <clears throat> Buffalo, usually it's in
1: orders of 10 but. Gotcha. I mean, that's still a, that's a round number. I know. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I'm a vegetarian. I don't know shit. Um, I get eggs oh, okay. in dozens. Yeah. So I figured that chickens, everything must just come in dozens. Eggs, uh, wings, everything.
1: Would you ever order seven eggs?
2: No. I've like, I've also yeah. never been to like a fast food restaurant that was like, would you like a seven piece nugget? Like, it's not. Right. That's.
1: It's <laughs> not a comfort, <pepper>, you know? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs>
2: And I like that the idea that it's like in sort of like uh, septuplets, right? It's like seven, 14, 21, 28. (laughs) (laughs) That is weird. Um, But I think, no, I think now that I'm talking with you about this, I think that now what you have to figure out your new challenge is you have to figure out how to make an ectoplasm themed wing sauce like that should be one of the things that like your franchise does and like it puts out in the world that does like charitable work i'm gonna just like birth this idea now is you need some sort of ectoplasmic i don't know green colored wing sauce that uh makes Birds, your you wings want look like they were I... slimed
0: uh, you, you can go ahead uh
1: i actually have a wing sauce that i make personally it is called Gozer sauce <laughs> and my buddy greg in daytona uh actually came up with the perfect slogan for it Gozer sauce goes on everything. <laughs> there you go. Cuz it's tasty on everything. It really is. It's like a hot garlic sauce. It's really good.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. So now you need to market a Gozer sauce. I like that cuz then you can Yeah. um, you know, that way you can be supporting the firehouse and also representing wings. Um, I think yeah. I was trying to think if anybody else had a franchise patch that had food on it, because like yours has Moogly eating a wing. And I was like, "There's like, yep. there's people who have like fruit. There's a few franchises that have like uh, oranges on them. I think.
1: But- I want to say one of the Midwestern teams has them like holding a carton of milk, maybe Wisconsin or something. <laughs> so food related, <laughs> but not.
2: <laughs> but Wisconsin, I would tend to think like a wedge of
0: cheese, right? But like, yeah, I probably am butchering it. It's probably not Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm picturing one that had like a either some kind of meat or a steak or something. Maybe one of the Texas ones, barbecue. I'm
2: going to get emails from okay. people now who were like, you're talking about my franchise. And some people are going to be like, that's cool. You were talking about franchise. And some people are like, are you throwing shade at our logo? And I'm like, no, I promise. Right. Again. I no, no shade. No that's shade. No shade at Great. all. I think that logos are funny. I think that all the things people do to customize them and like make them. Their own are kind of like great. They're just everybody has oh, a take absolutely. on it. I love when they're fun. Like, I love your logo because it's literally just like Moogly, excitingly holding out a buffalo wing. <laughs> just yeah. hey, you want a buffalo wing? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'm glad you're here. I know we've been babbling a bit for like 10 minutes about being a little bit. You yeah. Know, I'm a New Yorker expat. You are currently New Yorkers. So, I'm always happy to talk to you because you make me feel like I'm a, a little bit at home. So, if I'm oh, yeah. being overindulgent, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> Not but, at all. Uh, tell me a little bit about where you've been, because I know you have been very busy over the last like few weeks, especially in the Halloween season, as we're celebrating Halloween today. You had two events the mor- this morning. So where, where have you been? What have you been doing? Yeah,
1: so um, yeah, Halloween's always really busy. We got a lot of awesome local businesses that we partner with, uh, most of them annually, so Um, you know, our, our October schedule is kind of already even pre-booked for next year with, uh, you know, for example, the two events that we did today, both of them we're doing again next year. Um,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we have a neat old movie theater that, uh, the whole street of businesses always does, uh, what they call Halloween on hurdle hurdle is the road. Um, and they all give out candy, uh, usually the Saturday closest to Halloween, So we helped them with that. And uh, then there was a Halloween parade um, and a block party that they're really into having us lead the parade in our Ecto. So that's really nice. fun. Um, Burnsy, what else did we do?
0: Uh, let see. Recently, we did a parade for a Little League. Actually, a couple yep. of them. Wow. Um, nice tomorrow we've got a locally run haunted house it's just a bunch of families that turn their backyards into a haunted house Ooh. giving out a whole bunch of, of candy for um their kids day yep uh, let's see oh
1: that's another one we had another yep. haunted house kids day earlier this month so um, which was really fun they, they are built inside of an old JC Penny <laughs>
0: wow wow <laughs> And
1: I mean, they have just tons of haunted houses and escape rooms and blacklight axe throwing. And it was (laughs) it's awesome. It's really a cool place. That's seven gates, Niagara Falls. Um, They're they're a great spot. Uh, And then, yeah, obviously, a few of us went down for New York Comic Con. um, Yeah. To help out the New York City Ghostbusters, because we got that invite from them. A uh, huge shout out to them for that. That was awesome to get the help out and go to New York Comic-Con. I've been to New York Comic-Con twice before. Um, mm-hmm. Back, when did the first video game come out? What was that? 2008? 2009.
2: 2009.
1: Okay. So they did a demo at one point at New York Comic-Con and I literally bought a ticket went to Comic-Con, played the demo a bunch of times and left. I didn't even explore the con. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's all. That's all I got to do. Uh and then I went a couple of years ago for the Afterlife panel and the surprise screen. Um which was incredible to be there for. So this yeah, I'm time sure. was really fun to actually walk around like Even just what I don't know how people do four days of New York Comic Con. (laughs) Like one day, and my knees and ankles were swollen and sore, and I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do anything now. Like (laughs) (laughs) uh, so it was really cool. Yeah, we got to walk around and enjoy the con for a little bit, and then we volunteered um in the afternoon of Saturday, and uh actually Nick from hook and ladder eight volunteered with us. Gotcha. Um, he went and helped out at the booth too, which was really cool. Uh, got to make slime with a bunch of kids. That's a great way that New York city does fundraising. Um, and obviously the awesome prints that, uh, Chris Sorrentino real ghostbusters did. Yeah. They're um, beautiful. Uh, yeah, they were awesome. So it was, it was good to, uh, get access to those. And Maurice Lamarche was actually at the con, so I got to meet yeah. him too.
2: I saw he was there, uh, which I thought was pretty cool because like if you grabbed Chris's print, you could like walk right over to him <laughs>
1: and have him yeah. sign it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is kind of so, cool. <clears throat> that was it was neat. It was a good con, a lot of fun. Um and obviously huge shout out has to go to Ectotech and Ecto1NJ. Ah, uh, I was gonna ask you, see the you about video this. Of that? Yeah. I did.
2: Um I will say I am super jealous of you all, and I am super jealous of my, you know, our our mutual friends over at Phantasm Toys, Tony and Brendan. Yeah, uh, who got like a hotel pickup uh, and driven through the city to go, like, get dropped off at Comic-Con by Ecto-1NJ. So, yeah, tell me a bit about your Ecto-1NJ experience.
1: (laughs) So that was a late night message. I saw uh, one of their promos go out that, you know, they're doing their really awesome filming location tours. Um, And that they were booking for the month of October, and this was when we were talking in New York City about going down to volunteer. And I was kind of like, "Hey, uh, what what are the chances of getting dropped off at Comic Con?" (laughs) And he was like, "Where are you staying?" I was like, "Sakakus." And he's like, "Yeah, that's on my way into the city, and I'm going to Comic Con. I got you." I was like, (laughs) "Oh, this is going to be fun." (laughs) And I mean, I can't tell you how many people uh at new york comic-con because obviously we were wearing our uniforms even when we were walking around were like oh my god did you see Acto one was here this
0: morning we're like
1: <laughs> yeah
2: it was all right we <laughs> <did it. laughs> chris did you get um, to go to or
0: i actually had a last minute thing come up i couldn't volunteer Gotcha. That thing got canceled at the absolute last minute. And girlfriend surprised me with a trip to New York City that was not Comic-Con involved. So he was
1: in the city, but not with us. (laughs) So did you get
2: like the text messages from Dan in the video? You're like, what? Yeah,
0: Yeah, I I got to drive into the city to uh, go see Sweeney Todd instead. Well, that's still
2: awesome. That's still a great experience. Not Comic-Con, though. It would have been funny if you got dropped (laughs) off as Sweeney Todd in the Ecto-1. Like if all of a sudden it just came screaming down Broadway and everybody's like, What's going on? And you just hop out in flight suits and walk into the like go to the performance. People are like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> but-
1: <laughs> I will say I still love the one moment, uh, cause Greg, uh, which is Ectotech on Instagram. Yeah, shout out shout out to Greg one, and Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to both of them, absolutely. Uh Greg was the one who picked us up and I mean we pull onto the highway and he's got the lights and siren going the whole time. And <laughs> oh, I'm just like God do cops ever get mad at you or pull you over for this? He's like, dude, cops get mad at me if I don't run the siren. <laughs> I'm like, I really want to own one of these cars one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that was a hell of an experience that I, I rode, I've ridden in uh, Ecto-1 NJ very briefly, like around the block yeah. of the firehouse. Right. Nothing long. You know, I've been in the car for maybe a minute and a half. And sure. so to actually get to ride in that car for, you know, 15 minutes from our hotel into the city right. and to just ride in it into the city. Well, that's the thing, like, right?
2: Like, that's the craziest part for me is like, I want that experience of like, you got to come through over a tunnel or through a tunnel or over a bridge. Yep. Like one way or yep. the other, you're going to have an iconic experience inside of that car that <laughs> most people will never have. Because even if you yeah. go to like an event and this is like no, sh- this is no shade that anybody else who has, you know, a Miller Meteor. But like if you go and you meet somebody's car in Illinois, that's awesome. The car is great, but you're not going to get the experience of driving across the Hudson. You just can't. Right. right? And so if you can, for me as a New Yorker, like I'll admit it, like Ghostbusters for me has an element to it that is viscerally a New York story. Right. Like I love Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters Afterlife, even though it's not a New York story. But I'm very happy to be going back to New York with the next movie, because to me, it is very much a movie that resonates with new yorkers it exemplifies a cultural uh sort of milieu of the time not to get too stupid academic and critical but like um you know like i think that there's an identity thing there for it and so to me when i saw the like the the you all got that experience and tony and brennan got that experience of not just oh i rode in the ecto-1nj which is a beautiful car it's a great story with great people running it but you had this experience of driving into New York and I was like, I want to cross a landmark in it. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. I'm
2: like, we need this, I'll check
1: my boxes on this. Because this is something I've never done. I, I forgot one aspect of the story that made it even better was uh my phone was on Do Not Disturb. So <laughs> I missed when Greg called us from downstairs outside of the hotel oh, okay. to be like, hey, I'm here. And all of a sudden our hotel room phone rings and we're all like, who the hell knows we're here? Like, what is this? And my buddy, David goes over, picks up the phone. He's like, hello. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Hangs up. He's like, our ride is downstairs. <laughs> like Greg went in, went to the hotel front desk, and was like, "Can you call and tell them their ride is here?" And we walk down, and of course, there's just tons of people standing. Right, around. <laughs> there's one lady's like, "Oh my fucking god, are you guys going to Comic Con?" We're like, "Yeah." Sorry if you have to bleep that, but it was hilarious. It's fine. <laughs> um, I uh, I thought yeah. you were
2: going to say. I honestly thought you were going to say that you were standing in the hotel room, and you're like five floors up. And all of a sudden from outside, you just hear. Oh, we better
1: go. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah,
2: yeah I, I I, have to say the car. That car is beautiful. And I talked actually oh, with yeah. Greg yesterday, and I believe that by the end of October with all the tours they did, the car like was a total trooper and they had like no major issues with it. And he said they put on something like 3000 miles on the car Jeez. over the course of like the month doing all the tours they did. They did a few weddings. Uh, there was actually a photo posted in I think, um, motto, modern Ecto one builders of the Facebook group, uh, of somebody okay. had taken a photo of an Ecto one on a flatbed that was heading out to oh, Long yeah. Island was on the Long Island <gasps> expressway under like under, not underneath the sign for like exit 35. And I was like, Oh, I know exactly where this is. This is an Ecto one, like near Rockville center. What is, wh- who is this? And then I could see there's just the yellow license plate. And I was like, messaged Greg. And I was like, is the car in the pouring rain going to the eastern end of Long Island right now? And he was like, yeah, it's going to several weddings. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, like the <laughs> car is everywhere. But they yeah. he didn't drive it. They didn't drive it out there because of the the distance and the weather. They just said, let's just sure. tow it. But I mean, sure. everywhere else it went, they it, it it's and it's just like this is not like, oh, it's a car that's been LS swapped. Like, no, this is like literally Greg has been working and maintaining this very old. Uh, you know, sort of workhorse engine and everything inside of it. And so uh, I want to say like, I, they've been on the podcast and I was happy to have them on. I know you, you had an experience with them. It's great. I'm so oh, glad yeah. their tours went so well. And I'm hopeful Absolutely. that like, that's a thing they're going to continue to do because it seems like they had such a great experience with it. You had a great experience interacting with it. So yeah, but yeah, very percent cool. Yeah. Very cool stuff. So um, <clears throat> anything else that you found from like your visit to New York comic con, that sort of was like you, that you were excited about that. You, Anything else about, I mean, is there anything about going to New York that makes you particularly exciting anytime you go? I mean, you can answer either of those questions. I'm cool with either.
0: <laughs> Burnsy, go ahead. Well, I always suggest the Lego store on Fifth Avenue. They've got yeah. a very cool Ghostbusters display. Um, I hit that uh, when we were there for Ghostbusters Day. It's phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Nice. I was sprinting into the Lego store <laughs> to meet them like they were closing and i'm like i'm not here to buy anything i need to take a picture with the <laughs> with the ghostbusters <laughs> display just let me run upstairs have, um,
2: have, have either of you been to um the ivan reitman theater at the alamo Drafthouse?
1: house no i no. i need to make a point to make it over there for one of these times we're down yeah
2: i want to go there too i mean i want to go watch a movie in it because that would be just kind of be cool but I also yeah. just really need I really need a picture with that big stay puff that yeah. they built in yeah. the theater because it's very cool. But, yeah, it's the Lego awesome. store display is also very cool. I got to do that, too. I have like I feel weird now, like I've been gone so long that I think about these kinds of experiences and I'm like, oh, these are like tourist experiences for me now. They're not yeah. like things you're just like, oh, yeah, you can go do it. But I didn't realize this. There's a Lego land now in yes. New York.
0: Yep. Um, I went yep. there last year. So much fun. Um, we were just adults that went, so we burned through it in a couple hours, but nice, so much fun walking around. They even have a replica of New York city built entirely out of Lego, including a firehouse.
2: That's awesome. Like that's, I saw like photos of this recently and I saw people reviewing it and I was like, wait, when did, when did New York get a Lego (laughs) land? How long have I been gone that there's an entire Lego land now? And then I realized that it was in orange County. Um, and I was like, oh, man, like that's not far from where I used to. live." <laughs> so it's kind of weird. But yeah, you can get off the train right in Groton. Um, I'm going to stop. That well, and that was now. a fun
1: oh, one. Here's that the an- uh, David Roxanne and I did when we were staying in Secaucus. We actually so it's not New York City, but it's right outside of New York City. Uh, we went to that American Dream Mall. Yeah. Oh, my God. That thing is enormous. <laughs> like. There's an indoor ski hill, there's a water park, there's an amusement park, there's, there's a JC Penny parks. There's but, a JC Penney. that they've C. converted
2: <laughs> that they, no, it's not anymore. They converted it into <laughs> a series of haunted houses. Now it's a haunted house. <laughs> hey, I'll say this. If you found a mall that's still thriving and doing well, that's an oddity in the world today. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have a ski lift in order to have a mall. Right? Because,
1: it was <laughs> otherwise people shop at well, home. <laughs> But so it was so funny too because the parking garage, it's like oh take a ticket and the first half hour is free and then it's a five dollar flat rate and it's like who is getting in and out of this mall in a half hour? It's <laughs> enormous. Like is that just oh I accidentally pulled into the parking garage and I need to leave. Like one's coming in there
2: and getting out uh, in a half hour.
1: Yes, this is
2: welcome. Now this is this is a sign that you don't live in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because there you find, like, 15-minute minimum, $9. And you're like, wait, what? Like, t- half an hour, 25 bucks. And you're like, but but I, I by the time I get out of my car and use the restroom and then go into the, the gap, <laughs> then I'm definitely going to be here for, like, at least 45 minutes. $50 to park, to go buy jeans? That seems excessive. Perhaps I'll just have these
1: ordered and shipped to me. Yeah, <laughs> but, just, just buy them online.
2: Yeah. So, uh, well, it's cool that you've been out having so many great experiences and like kind of living up things as, you know, representing Ghostbusters, but also just having fun. Um, you know, I, I, I like hearing about the things that you guys are doing that, um, are Ghostbusters things, but it's also just good to know that you're living life and things are going well. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that. You're nice people. Yeah. You're nice people. So I always (laughs) like nice people. Uh, Um, but, uh, tell me a little bit. About um what's coming up down the pike. I know that you have this project that you have yeah. kind of talked about a bit, a little bit on social media of uh, a fundraising thing that's coming up that people can start to get involved in. And I know I've talked about it here on the podcast, but I'll let you talk about it a bit rather than me reiterating.
1: Yeah. So uh, with this releasing on Halloween, so there will be a big reminder push tomorrow because uh, it's the one month mark of this announcement of the franchise playing card deck um, that we're going to be doing as part of the firehouse fundraiser and the ghostbusters day celebration for this year. And with that intro, I got to pivot to Chris because this was all his idea. So, <laughs> okay, Take it away, Chris.
0: I have to actually thank the Calgary ghostbusters for the inspiration. Their calendar really helped brew this idea up.
2: And for folks who don't know what that is, the calendar is like a thing they put out every year right. That, um, has mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. franchises and featured in it. Right. And, ectos, um, ectos, sorry.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. So ev- every year there's a, ca- there's a calendar different ectos from around, I mean the world arguably, although probably lots of them come from us and Canada, um, are featured in it and it's something people can back and support and essentially helps to generate revenue and fundraising. Right. So uh, mm-hmm. for folks who aren't familiar with it, I just want to make sure they have a, a good foundation as an analogy <laughs> and then I'll stop interrupting you, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no,
0: not a problem. So I took that idea and thought of an even better way to raise money for charity. So we are taking a 52 card deck and having 52 different organizations represented on them uh, all f- with all proceeds going toward charity. Uh we are going to have the team logos on all 50 cards and it's going to be just a phenomenal way to not only teach people the different franchises that are out there, mm-hmm. but also allow some team building, be like, Hey, I've met these guys before and help you know, spread the good word of what Ghostbusters franchises do when it comes to charity.
1: Yeah. And it's a fun way, like you were saying, Jim, about all the different logos, like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, it, we'll find out who that one with the milk carton is, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. But, you know, like all the different ways that franchises adjust the logo to represent where they're from. And it's a fun way of doing that. And um, almost even like having them kind of serve as flashcards too. Of like, oh, yeah. where do you think this one's from? Where do you think this? Mm
2: hmm. I actually think that's a funny thing you said that because like what I like about your project and I think is very cool is that it's interactive, right? It's like um, I I, there's a lot of different Ghostbusters projects that have done things with franchise logos, and this is not to be uh, in any way critical of them. I just mean that like the franchise map, for instance, is a cool thing if you want to print it out and put it on your wall. But like you may never then interact with anybody about it, like you're never going to carry it around or do anything. Whereas I thought about I thought about your project as being something that I imagined people sitting around like at a con and pulling the card deck out Mm -hmm. and being like, hey, let's like play a little poker while we're waiting for people to come by or let's kind of do some fun blackjack games with people who are like not for gambling, but like interaction with fans using these cards or what you're talking about, like flash card games with each other, just kind of like trivia stuff right that you could use it with and i just thought it was neat and the thing i thought about that i loved about it was that i it took the idea like there's a tarot card set coming out right that Mm -hmm. is interesting and this is like again not to slag on like the inside editions tarot card deck that's coming out that has very cool art and stuff but i looked at that and i went okay but that's gonna be a thing that sits on my shelf like i'm not a tarot card person i'm gonna Mm -hmm. buy that because it looks cool and has cool art and like I buy everything because I have a not a problem and a a fanaticism for Ghostbusters, (laughs) like you know, like we all do. But I'm going to probably get those because they're cool, they're unique, they're different and they're interesting. And I want to flip through them and interact with them and fine. But I'm probably not going to pick them up much after that. I'm not going to. And I have a lot of things like that in my collection that I appreciated it. I looked at it. I may pull it out a year from now again and appreciate it again. But they're not things that I end up utilizing with other people. And so to me, like what I liked about what you're doing is here's a thing you can use that you have have as a collector's item, but you can also have it as something that you use It because it goes in the pocket of your flight suit when you go out to a convention. And it becomes yeah. one of those things that when you need icebreakers and things, you can just pull out and be like, hey, let's right. do this, mm-hmm. you know,
1: and just have yeah. fun with it. Um, and since Bernsley didn't pat himself on the back enough, I'm going to do it for him. Because uh, so this originally when he brought this up, it was sort of a secret like gift project to our team. So he originally conceived it and made it a gift on Ghostbusters Day. So we were we actually had card decks on Ghostbusters gotcha. Day this year in our pockets. Gotcha. That we... Because he had a team set made, so it's all Buffalo feet. Right, so, right. Um, he got pictures of all of us and some of our variant logos. You know, we have some Buffalo Bills type logos and stuff like that that we've done. And we got these cards made, or Burnsy got these cards made, and surprised everybody on the team with them. And then told everybody about his idea, and it was like, okay, this is really, really cool. And really, like you said, interactive. It's a fun way. For us to involve other franchises in the Ghostbusters Day celebration, which we really wanted to do for the 40th anniversary, too, was finally yeah. to involve all these franchises. You know, I mean, this year we had people coming from literally all over the world, Australia, like everywhere. You know, I know there were Italy, like Great Britain, it was everywhere. And it's insane what that event has become. And so we really wanted to find a way to involve other franchises. And then, and I know you weren't slagging on it, but the franchise map basically had the rules laid out perfectly for us where, where it's like, you know, be an active right. franchise. Don't cause drama. Like let's let ju- this just be a fun contest. Cause yeah, it's going to have right. to be a contest there's going to be facebook likes and all of that involved it doesn't mean that any franchise is better than the next it's just a way of doing it that we can have some fun with it um
2: so and what so are so, it, so what are the parameters it, there for for folks who have a franchise and they want to be able to submit like a logo and try to get their logo included in the set of cards like what sort of for? because for some folks who didn't like don't know about that franchise map for instance as we use it as an analogy i'm like we should make sure people know what we're talking about but like for sure what what are the parameters there? like what are you looking for what do people have to submit and sort of what's the process in determining who's going to be uh included in the card set and who maybe doesn't get to have their logo featured
1: yeah um so like bernsey said uh it is going to be 52 franchises or organizations um we, we thought it was fair that since we're organizing it, and it's for the Firehouse, that we each get a spot. Right. Um, so And 50 is a nice round number for the content. So there are sure. 50 spots available. Um, if teams want to submit, they can email info at com with an HD copy of their logo, the main city that they're located in, and um links to their social media so that we can confirm that they have been active which active uh we are using the same rule as the map just means that you had to have done an event within the last calendar year gotcha um and then we'll you know so this is open until the end of this year so december 31st it'll close and then Probably the goal is on the first we will launch the contest. We don't know exactly how long it's going to be yet. Probably not super long, um, just because the idea is for everyone to engage their social media audience and bring them mm-hmm. in to do a like contest, just like Calgary did with their ectos, um, just like we did with the ecto contest this sure. year. Sure, uh, I mean, but I was thinking the same I thing. Like that, yeah.
2: that's how your ecto contest work was. People were voting with likes. Uh, on yep. Facebook, right. To figure out whose and cars are so going to be featured. We'll, so
1: we'll put up all the logos, <clears throat> which by the way, we are already past 50 logos, uh, that have been submitted. Gotcha. Um, so we'll put up all the logos and info for the teams and, um, you know, we'll do a like contest and then the top 50 will get to be featured in the deck.
2: I should go and make a, a an ad now for people to pay me money so I can. Talk up their franchise to give them the extra plasm bump. There, oh. Be like, give me ten bucks, I'll mention your podcast, <laughs> or I'll mention you on the podcast, and then you can, you know, get people to come out and like your your uh, logo. So you can. Be in- I'm not really going to do that. Before somebody right now is like boiling their blood, is like f- completely pissed off, and uh, is going to message me and be like, "You evil bastard!" And I'm not really going to do any of that. Uh,
1: but no, I- but funny funny enough, we are also looking to some news sites well-known news sites you know organizations that aren't technically franchises um and trying to work with them to see if uh, we can work out some sponsorships for the deck to help to fund the deck so that more money eventually goes to firehouse when we do that
2: chris i do want to ask you a bit about the artwork and design of the cards i know like the mm-hmm. logos are going to be on one side right and so that's obviously going to be like what ends up on there's 50 different cards the same way you would have the faces of the playing cards of like the king and the queen the numbers the hearts etc um what are you doing in terms of like design on the backs of the cards is sort of one question i had and then like are you doing anything in terms of how you're suiting them like the um like are you changing out like hearts and spades or anything for like other shapes like what does your design look like for folks who haven't seen it
0: we actually, when it came to the suits, we decided to be better off for a regular playing deck to keep the natural hearts, clubs, spades, yeah, and the natural colors, because we want it to be a regularly playable deck by mm-hmm. anybody who picks them up. Uh, for the back, I'll actually pass it over to Dan, because Dan's been, been helping with that.
1: Yeah, gotcha. so for that, we had to engage our buddy who has worked with us so much on Ghostbusters Day, and I know you've had him on before. That's Eric Christensen of the Moogly Fan Club and Generic Crystal Designs. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's just fantastic. He's awesome. Um, He came up with an amazing back of the card that features the logo, the proton streams, the ESP symbols, and even a small little firehouse in each corner of the card. It's it's an amazing design that we're really thrilled that uh, he came up with that.
2: This is a really good Um, collaboration of people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's what we're really going for. I like everyone involved. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was, it was really, that's what it was conceived as was a way to be collaborative and have a lot of franchises and people involved. And that's just what we're really trying to stay true to through the whole project.
2: It's awesome. I, um, i really want to get a set of these because I, I just, I really want to put them in my flight suit pocket. I don't know what it is about yeah. them that just, No, And then I saw that. them, I was like, I these belong I didn't in a pocket of, of that. every flight suit, you know? Yeah, I mean, they but fit yeah, perfect. I didn't even think of that. You know, like they would fit perfect. I and mean, they might even fit in that little sleeve, like that little, uh, the left hand, left side pocket where the tool things go. If you could just like yep. cut that out and then you could just put them in there like you were some 50s style greaser who rolled up a pack of cigarettes, except you didn't because <gasps> there's playing cards. But and then and it's also useful for like, hey, imagine if you and your ghost busting buddies are out and you uh, dig a hole in the middle of Fifth Avenue and you get arrested (laughs) like you can at least play cards like while you're in jail or like while you're in, you know, sitting around waiting to get uh, out of a mental institution. You've got everything you need right there for entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever thought about doing a digital set of them? Like after like once you have the print set done of like potentially like a digital set to be used in some way. I don't know. It's just the thought that I had hmm. about the way people do stuff with digital art now, you know,
0: it's something to think yeah. about when we'll, yeah. we'll have the artwork done. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, cause that would be a cool thing too. Is like, maybe not like a print your own set, but even like a set of stickers and decals that use the same art would be kind of neat. Um, where you could then have like a set of stickers for all the different franchises that were in that set and then try them, true. you know? So,
1: and there is going to be, you know, similar to, um, a rules page that everybody gets in a deck of cards and then just immediately throws away. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) We're going to have that, but that's actually going to be the key to what the logos are and what city they're in and all that. You know, some of them obviously say um, where they are in their logo, but a lot don't. And we were toying with the idea of having, you know, text underneath each logo, Mm -hmm. but we decided You know, to be able to have that sort of uh, flashcard idea and sort of trivia idea that it's more fun if it's included, but not directly on the
2: card. Right. No, that makes total sense. I was thinking the same thing that like if you had put the names underneath the logos, it would impede the level of like what kinds of games you could play with the cards. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's really cool. I also have like now this crazed, I don't know, fever dream of you all running some sort of crazy charity uh like poker night or casino night at hook and ladder eight where there's all these tables outside Ooh. and all of the dealers are using these cards like I, I don't know that's a total like crazy pipe dream but i'm like oh man it would be so cool if there was like ghostbusters casino night
1: <laughs> we'll do that on ghostbusters day just at night it'll be ghostbusters day after dark
2: <laughs> yeah and you gotta get some like weird like ghostbusters themed kino um, <laughs> <some> roulette <laughs> wheels, you know, that you are like you Ghostbusters. A slot machine made up. Well, they have a slot machine, you just gotta yeah, get there one. Is a slot machine. Um, yeah, yeah, there is. There's a crazy slot machine that's like called Ghostbusters 4D or something. Um, yeah, sometimes I see people selling parts of it on the internet, which always makes me intrigued. Like, I'll see somebody who's like, like, who there's an eBay, parts of- right? Like, who has parts of a, of a, of a, of a, a, a what's the thing I'm talking about again? Oh, a yeah, um, machine. a slot machine. Uh, what is it? What's happening? What stroke am I having? Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, which town, Which one is it today? Uh, but realistically, no. I've seen on eBay, um, there's like a guy who's selling just the software from the slot machine. Oh, weird! Like he somehow managed to scram, you know, get the software out of the game, and so he's like, "I'll sell you the code," and you're like, "Like the actual? No, I'll just sell you the the files. You could put into one. Like I guess you can go <gasps> decompile it." And then I've seen people selling, like, the big topper, the big giant, like, sign that lights up that goes under a bank of those slot machines. Like, I've well, seen that on I Facebook understand Marketplace. people wanting, but... <laughs> yeah, because it's a huge light-up sign. But, like, then it's, like, just weird parts of the slot machine. You're like, where is this warehouse of, like, the place where Ghostbusters slot machines are being hacked apart and cobbled into pieces and then <laughs> resold on the black market? It's very strange. So... But yeah, you could get one of those, you know, you get roulette wheels that are all caution stripe themes. And so oh, yeah. it's all yellow and black. No red, black,
1: right? yellow, black.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Always bet on yellow. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah. That would be awesome. There you go. There's a new event for your your Ghostbusters event at the firehouse. Um Love it. which you've now, you know, been running for many years. And we talked, the last time we talked was right before mm-hmm. you did that event. Um mm-hmm. and we haven't really had an opportunity to catch up about it since. So Um, it's a good opportunity to kind of talk about that for a few minutes. What, how did it go this year? Like, I mean, it went amazing from looking from here. You had a great experience at scene and tons of people were there and it was huge, but it was insane
1: how big it was this year. Like we knew that it was continuing to grow and we know it's going to continue to grow. And we know that the 40th anniversary is going to be even more insane because it's the anniversary. Um, but yeah, I think all of us were so blown away by how many people were on that street this year. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, this was the first year we did a group hotel rate. That was really fun because the hotel ended up being a nice meeting spot for people to hang out. There's a big patio at that hotel off of the parking lot. So I was it's thinking about area. that when you
2: were on last because we talked about that a little bit before, like about the idea that because you were going to have the group rate, it would just kind of be a cool place to hang out. And, you know, maybe you get pizza and run to people, you know, and then yeah. like you ended up basically having like, you know, the residential ghost compound for the weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really was. And there were a whole bunch of actos in the parking lot and everybody's, you know, chatting with each other about, oh, how'd you do this in your roof rack? How'd you do that? Like oh, that vinyl's really cool, where'd you get this decal and yeah. everything, so it was really it was, it made it a weekend as opposed right. to just that brief window that we can spend at the firehouse um, which was really a lot of fun it's um, weird,
2: it's kind of like a con without a con right, yeah. like, like you had a con- you had a convention without a convention,
1: like it's like yeah oh, <laughs> all- <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy and plans. I mean, it's, it's a year round thing. We're already, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, going into this year. Um, so I had already had that Alessi brothers secret two Ghostbusters days ago, right? That I knew they would be coming, you know, for this one. And so it really is a year round planning thing. We're always spitballing and coming up with new ideas like card decks and things like that and then kind of keeping them in our back pocket and being like all right well let's plan this one for this and let's wait for that um so you know there's a lot of stuff already in motion for this year um nothing that we're really ready to announce yet
2: but sure you have plenty of time we know
1: people are excited about the 40th anniversary as we all are uh so we but there's a lot of moving pieces so we just have to lock some things down we expect that we'll start making announcements in early in the new year. Um, I, what
2: I understand is that Chris is going to build us a 40 foot tall Stay puff Marshmallow Man out of Legos to celebrate yes. the, the, <laughs> the, the, the 40th year of Ghostbusters.
0: <laughs> I'm going to actually make it taller than the firehouse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it has to be. I mean, you, know, you can't make 112 and a half feet tall. That's a lot of Legos. 40 seems reasonable. <laughs>
1: make it hollow, save space. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well if you do that then it might it might just kind of crack open halfway through. half of them falls over, people get crushed. all That's of a sudden you photo
1: op though if we all just hold up our wands like we're blasting them it looks great.
2: Yeah, but you also don't want to be like the iconic memory of the Sonic the Hedgehog balloon colliding with a light pole on the Thanksgiving Day parade in 1993. That every person who's ever lived in New York remembers because it was not yeah. only the day that someone was was brutally injured by a light pole, but also the day that Sonic the Hedgehog was no more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog exploded.
2: <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's kind of funny to think about, but like that is a huge concern, like running events in New York City when you do anything big, right? Anything oh, large yeah. and has, there's such tight spaces between buildings and things that you have to really consider mm-hmm. that stuff. And I thought about this with how you got all your ectos in there. You had so many cars down there and so many people. And I was like, man, like that's such a little block. And you were concerned already about how many, how many cars you could really reasonably get in there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that when you had, I talked to you beforehand, that the the, kind of the concern was that, Hey, it's a working firehouse. Right. But Mm -hmm. then you ended up with a street that was completely full of people. So how did you navigate that? Like, did they end up sort of like having, a, like coverage for the day from other firehouses or like, did you have to no, have this they actually understanding got of like, in the middle
1: of Ghostbusters day <laughs> and had to go like, you know, all of a sudden it's dubbing the merch table out of the way, getting them space to, cause they do pull the rig out onto the street. Right. And so they all ran out, got on the rig and took off and we're like, okay, back to pictures and everything. And was everybody, <laughs> was, was everybody who was
2: there like, was everybody there just kind of collaborative and like, Oh, we got to get out of the way of the fire truck and move. Like, is yeah, that?
1: Yeah. Fans yeah. Fans were very good about that. You know, we, the Buffalo team sort of, I don't want to say we served as bouncers or anything like that, but we tried to help out and just like loudly announce, you know, to sort yeah. of run out ahead of the firemen, like, Hey guys, they have a call. Everybody clear out. They have to get to the rig. Like, and everybody really did just move out nice. of the way parted for him. And, um, and that's important because if, you know, if they don't do that, then that's where I'm sure some senior FDNY people would get upset. And, yeah. And it would be like, hey, you're not doing this anymore. So. Right. Uh, so um, you now inspired.
2: You've now inspired in my brain, by the way, uh, a fan fiction, which is a mashup of Ghostbusters and Roadhouse in which Ghostbusters <laughs> are bouncers. Ghost,
1: Ghostbusters <laughs> bouncers.
2: <laughs> we need Ghost Bouncers the movie right and it's just like they're ghostbusters who are bouncers at a nightclub or at a bar for ghosts like if the ghosts get too out of hand then they gotta step in right um take care of situations but otherwise they kind of just keep the peace and hang out they're just bouncers they just you want to drink and celebrate you want to eat a lot of hot dogs from a hot dog cart you want to scare some people (laughs) it's totally fine but if you try to manifest things too much take over the world the ghost bouncers gotta step in um there you go there's a cosplay for next year for you ghost bouncers
1: ghost bouncers (laughs) how is that not already somebody's mashup like I don't know people have mashed up everything
2: it's a franchise now that's gonna be the next franchise and they're gonna they're also gonna be a franchise that their logo has um that guy from bar rescue as moogly that's like the that's the whole <laughs> 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 John Tapper <laughs> yeah he's the John Tapper moogly exactly he has his arms folded and he has hair that's like greased back and he's wearing a suit but he has moogly's face <laughs> I love it. All right. That has to be your secret card. Now that goes inside this card deck. I'm just saying
1: that's in there. (laughs) You know, we had ideas for the Joker card, but I think that's it now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a funny idea. Um, Ghost bouncers. I'm going to talk about that at some point again. Um, (laughs) But anyway, sorry to get sidetracked into my own stupidity of free associating. Oh, cool. Uh, I, We'll ask you what's probably the most like important or memorable thing that you think happened this Ghostbusters day, like a thing that for you was the pinnacle of the day for you. Because, I mean, you, there's so much going on. Right. And there's also so much you're responsible for at that event, whereas like a lot of the people who are there are just kind of attendees, whereas the, the folks in your franchise have kind of become you, you organize it. Right. So it's kind of like it falls yeah. on you if something goes wrong. And so I imagine that it has to be as much as it's fun. It's also kind of stressful. Um, what's the big, what's the big takeaway of the day for you? That was like the big moment that you were like, this is great. This is what this is all about.
0: Burns. You got one. Uh, well the Alessia brothers doing saving the day was probably the best part for me. Yeah. But, uh, I really, really enjoyed the walking tour that the New York Ghostbusters put on, Mm -hmm. uh, walking all over the city, full uniform, full backpack, just, uh, almost dying on a 90 degree day. It was awesome.
2: <laughs> you, it is kind of weird that like when you talk to folks who do Ghostbusters cosplay, it's like I enjoyed the baton death march of carrying a 45 pound object on my back, wearing far too many layers of clothing that I can't easily remove.
0: <laughs> Squeezing 100 people into a subway car. <laughs> With, so with proton packs,
2: did you really? You got like oh, that many yeah. people into a into a subway car in proton packs? Oh yeah! Did, did anybody get a photo of that? Because that would have been an awesome photo. <laughs> uh
1: New York had video of just like a hundred Ghostbusters coming up a
0: subway escalator. Just
2: that's so funny.
0: Constant. I
2: have to look um, for that video. That's great.
0: I made the mistake of walking up those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Take the escalator, Burnsy!
1: Come on. <laughs>
2: I mean, hey, uh, yeah, well, okay, me. that's, I have to say, I appreciate that. If you're going to be a Ghostbusters fan, at some point, if you're going to do it right, you do have to walk up a few flights of stairs in New York City while carrying all the equipment. Like, that is a check the box moment. You do kind of have to walk up a few flights. Otherwise, have you really done the work? I haven't. I haven't carried any of that in New York. I should shut up. <laughs> but <laughs> like, <laughs> I can appreciate that authenticity, even if you consider it now a mistake. Is walking upstairs in that proton time pack uh, is definitely a screen accurate kind of move. <laughs> Dan, what were you going to say? Sorry.
1: So for me though, I'll say my, I have two moments. Uh, and I, one of them is the same as Bernsey, which is definitely the Alessi brothers. Um, actually like announcing that and then kneeling down in front of them, like on the sidewalk there. And watching saving the day be played in front of the firehouse yeah was so surreal like (laughs) that it's like okay not only is this happening but we organized it like was just amazing um and then actually a really cool moment for me personally was at the end of the day uh so the tour had left there was just a few people left uh, kind of milling around, taking a few more photos, just even hanging out and chatting with other fans. Yeah. And I kind of like announced sort of, all right, that's it guys. We're all done. We're heading out. Thank you everyone for coming. And I turned around and started walking into my car and someone yelled out, I, I still have no idea who this person was yelled out. Thank you, Dan." And I, I actually welled <laughs> up at that. I was just like, whoa, that was actually really nice to be acknowledged.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's cute. That's nice. It's always I always feel like when you don't when you're doing stuff because you want to do it for other people and you don't think about why you're doing it for yourself. And then people acknowledge yeah. that, like, you did a lot of work. It means a lot because like you I think in your context, it's like you're not walking around looking to be like, hey, I'm the guy who did all of this. Like you're out there trying to promote it. And then by, by nature of that, you often become the face of the things that Buffalo is doing, right? Like you, you and I've met before sure. and Chris and I are just meeting today for the first time and stuff. But like, yeah. I don't ever get the impression that you're out there being like, this is mine as much as you're out there trying to say, this is for the fandom, this is for the firehouse and to sort of carry it that way. But I often, I mean, I say this also about like, um, you know, I, I love the LA Ghostbusters and I often say that Matt Zunick doesn't take enough personal credit because he doesn't want people to um, you know, look at the starlight foundation stuff as being purely LA stuff, right. Or his stuff, but it's everybody's stuff to participate in. So, um, that those little recognitions are really important though, because they kind of, they're like, okay, it was noticed like the stuff I'm doing, even though I don't want to be like the person out there going, this is mine. (laughs) Um, it it makes people that, you know, there's some gratitude for what you're doing. So, um, yeah, that's cool. That's good. That's
1: a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and one more, actually, that I should mention is uh, this was actually incredibly personally uh, surprising and meaningful was this year's Ghostbusters Day is the first time that my parents came. Oh, right on. Um, So they came up from Philadelphia. They didn't tell me. They surprised me. Nice. So I'm standing out front of the firehouse with the megaphone waiting for the ecto-1 to arrive to try to help him park and help part the crowd and all of that and i just hear my dad go yo Lieberg," and i'm like <laughs> okay this is amazing but i'm also at like peak stress level trying to get everything parked right now hi hello like so that was just really cool that my parents showed up and supported it um and you know Obviously they know my love of Ghostbusters and everything ever since I've been a little kid, but, um, there's only so much I can talk about this event. Like, yeah. Experiencing yeah, no, it in person is absolutely, totally different than anything it, I can put into work.
2: No, it's, that totally makes sense to me. Like, I will tell you that, um, <laughs> as a person who did like college policy debate for years and esoteric. Academic activity where people get together every weekend and argue from like Friday afternoon through late Sunday night about whatever policy issues existed. I could tell my parents I was a debate coach and with the tournaments, they had no concept of what I meant, like in terms of what that meant in terms of going to it. And it's the same way that's like, I can tell my parents, like, yeah, I go out to a, a conventions and um, I like to go try and help people fundraise for Starlight Foundation. And I put on a Ghostbusters flight suit and they're like, okay, so what does that really mean? Like, what do you, what, what do you, um, do you talk to people? Do you take photos? Do you charge money? And you're like, no, it's just, you go out and do these things and people, you know, join a raffle, whatever. But there's, a, there's no way to really convey what that experience is like uh, to somebody yeah. who's outside of it until they see it. And so I totally get what you're saying because, you know, it's like, um, I don't know. You have to, they ha- you do have kind of have to see it to believe it, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it was really cool to actually see them get to see what I've been telling them about for a few years.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. What would you say? Um, I don't want to say, like, what's your biggest challenge that you like? Because I don't want to be like, let's talk about negative stuff. But like, what's something you're hoping to accomplish next year that you, you not to get specific that you didn't get to do this year or that didn't work quite the way you wanted to do this year?
1: Um, I guess. It's a it's a bit of a vague way of answering it, but just. I want this to be a really good celebration. It's the 40th anniversary. I'm just like, I want something really special to happen. Um, Not that everything that we haven't done isn't already special. It's all incredibly special. I still can't believe I, I say this all the time, but I still can't believe that all we were trying to do was raise $1,000 for the Hollywood Collectible <laughs> sign. <laughs> it's really true how all this started was
2: like, hey, and we've talked about this in the podcast before, that when you first did that, I was a bad person who was critical of you and asked. And I'm like, people can't see, but I'm holding my shirt over my face <laughs> in shame uh, because uh, when you first put it out there, I was like, what's a firehouse going to do with a Hollywood collectible sign? They can't even display it outside. Why are you doing this? And then, like, it's right. turned into this far bigger you know charitable event that is helping the firehouse and the firefighters there on an annual basis that yeah. i think is so amazing like it makes me always like that's the part where you have to as you get older you acknowledge when you've done stuff that's stupid and then you go i was wrong about this i didn't even <laughs> tell you i was wrong about this and i had to message you at a certain point and be like i was 100 yeah. percent wrong about this and i shouldn't oh, have yeah. been up your butt about it yeah um, no
1: but hey you owned it appreciate that <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes like I'll own it when I'm wrong but and I was in this case but like I think I, I think it would be very cool for something special I guess I'll say like what's an example of special not that you have to say what you're working on but like are you thinking like once in a lifetime event kind of thing are you thinking like um, you know lots and lots of money donated as opposed to just how much you've raised so far or are you like all of these things
1: yeah. <laughs> Um. yeah obviously having a really good uh, amount of money or even a record breaking amount of money would be amazing. Um, you know, I think our record, (laughs) (laughs) I think our record was the second year was a little over 10 K. We hit like 10,600, 10,700, something like that. Yeah. Um, which was amazing, but yeah, like, okay, let's hit 11,000. Uh, (laughs) um, but you know, yeah, something like that. Honestly, um, see, like, I can't necessarily even say, and I'm not trying to discourage people from coming, but I can't even say like, oh, I want a record-breaking crowd. I want a thousand people out there. Like, there's a limit to how big sure, right, this can right, get in right. terms of people on that street. Um, You know, I guess I just, I really hope that everyone who comes has a great time. I hope that it's a great way of celebrating the anniversary. I hope that Firehouse or whatever it's actually called has come out by then so that we can all enjoy <laughs> it and discuss it. <laughs> Sorry, that's good.
2: <laughs> I hope that I know the title of the movie by then. Yeah,
1: that's. <laughs> um, you know, I I have. Some things that I don't want to talk about yet. Uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) I guess let's make it not as objective. I hope that everyone who comes thinks that this event was something special.
2: Gotcha. Chris, anything you aspire for, hope for, want for the 40th or the next? I actually will agree
0: with that. I just want everybody that ends up coming out, that ends up donating, that ends up giving us any minute of their time with this event to enjoy themselves and have it be a wonderful 40th. Yeah. Because it only happens once.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to throw something out there that I want to wish cast into existence about your event. And it's nothing you have to take responsibility for. I want somebody else to, I want. And like, if there's anybody out there who like, I don't know, is in Sony public relations and marketing on the one hand I want them to like do more to sponsor your event and like collaborate with it because you're doing an amazing job of doing stuff for the franchise. And that, uh, frankly, I'm just going to say it, um, was far more ghostbusters day than anything anybody else did. Um, and there was a writer <laughs> strike and there were other things going on and there were issues. And I know yeah, that, but yeah. what you're, what you're doing is at this point, um, you know, uh, uh, almost to me, like broaches the level of ghostbusters day, but without the wizard world terribleness, And water, Uh, there's likely (laughs) access to water despite the fact that was hot and and water. (laughs) But I also would love to see somebody take up the mantle of working to live stream your event. Like the thing Mm. I think that was the most challenging for me, like watching like from afar was I would love to be there and couldn't. And I think that you did a great job of trying to shoot the Alessi brothers like performing and stuff. And it was pretty steady on like mobile phones and stuff. But I was like, well, what if you could actually collaborate in advance and set up to get like a few cameras actually positioned on the building? Like and then you could have them out there and change between them and have just a couple people who basically did like camera switching and feed switching such that. that, And and that would also mean like that that way you didn't have to deal with just the megaphone of trying to talk to folks. But you had like the public, you know what I'm saying? Like the public address stuff. And so that's stuff where I'm like, if there's folks out there in the community who do like production work. And who are in New York and want to collaborate? I don't want to like say that you want this, but I'm saying that they should reach out to you if they have services because I think it would let you take this event and do more—not just to share it live, but potentially document it. It becomes footage that you can put out on your franchise stuff that goes up on YouTube. People see it and they start to get a sense that, like, yeah, this is a fundraising opportunity that exists each year, and that there's sort of a resonance of it in the community that we point back to, as opposed to kind of it gets lost in like social media. Does that make sense? Like that it goes in feeds. Absolutely. Then hopefully I remember those photos, really like you know. that
1: idea. Um, you know, we, we did acknowledge in our debriefing of this year's event that we needed to be better about content of the day. Um, just because, you know, we will do our quick live and all that, right. but then what do we do? Like, and should we be posting more photos? During the event, as opposed to photos as a recap and stuff. So I like right. that. That's that's sort of in line with some of what we were thinking. But I actually really like um, what you were saying about the multiple camera angles and stuff like that. If if that's something we can make work, it's I. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I think about this. Like I mean, it. It. it's
2: the challenge for everybody running the event is that you can't document your event well while you run it because you yeah. are. In the midst of running it. And the person I want to give a shout out to is Extraplasm guest number one, Stephen Shea, um, who like we haven't had on in a while, but was way back at the very first episode. Uh, Stephen is a member of the L.A. Ghostbusters, right? But he's also owns a production company. So when they are doing events, he shows up with his proton pack and all his stuff and all of his gear and in his flight suit. And he also brings his like studio quality camera and mic. And so you will find him often at the event like the proton pack is off. And what he's doing is shooting like pieces of B-roll and little vignettes and interviews and things throughout the day to edit into a package later so that that way they have a compelling video about the event and what they were doing. And I want to see more franchises in general do that because I think that that's like producerly stuff that people can learn to do. There's so many of us at this point who have learned how to use, you know, digital production tools. I'm making a podcast from my office, what you all are on this pod on a conversation from across yep. the country in your respective homes. Right. And so all those tools exist at this point to document and do those things and do all things that influencers quote unquote do. Um, so there's no reason why the franchises themselves can't do some of that work to kind of produce and market and create that content. And so that's why I kind of say like, it would be cool if there's folks, especially cause it's like New York area, there's folks out there. This is a funny joke that I is not mine. Uh, but There was really great photos of the Ecto-1NJ, and I can't remember if it was Nick or if it was Greg who said it. One of them said it to me. But there were really fantastic photos that came out from New York Comic Con, and they were, like, outstanding. And they didn't take them. They were just photos that ended up getting posted to the internet of the car that were really great. And whichever of them I was talking to, and I can't remember, but they said, I knew parking the car one block from B&H, the photo, like, supply company, right? That's like a broadcast on New York radio all the time would mean that great photos would come out to the internet, right? Because like the people who went and bought amazing lenses and then walked out and wanted to use them to shoot stuff, walked a couple blocks and walked into the <laughs> one <laughs> like against an urban backdrop. And so people took photos and all kinds of stuff and posted them. And it's like he was kind of joking about it, but it's like that's leveraging the existing photography community and the existing art community and, you know, a sort of production community that exists in, in, in around New York city and kind of being like jokingly strategic and parking the car right where photographers are likely to walk by. But like, if we were all thinking about that a little more of like, not just how do you market this event to the folks who are here, but also how can you share what you're doing with folks at home? I think that that's what lets people also learn how to make better events like how to construct better. Cause it's like, I see what you're doing and I can try and do my own version of it, you know? So, but I want to give you like a huge, that's none of that's critical about what you did. Cause like everything you are doing is so amazing. Like I, I, every time I see what you're doing at this event, it just gets bigger and bigger. I'm like, it really did just start out as me bickering with Dan about why he doesn't need to buy a thousand dollar sign for a, for a public institution that has taxpayer money. So why do they need a thousand dollars sign? They can't even hang outside. Um, because this is what it led to outreach uh, appreciate the kind
1: words man it's it's been a hell of a thing and you know what i do have to say like uh, going back to your point about sort of sponsorship or sony being involved and us sort of running ghostbusters day or i don't really know how you phrased it but um yeah you know they they have been very supportive um and they help out with some giveaways and things like that and uh so I do have to give them a shout out there. I know you weren't. I know you weren't. No, no. Them or no I
2: just mean that I would love to see them support it more. Like, it's not a suggestion that yeah. they don't support it. Like, I think that they are embraceive of it and love everything that you're all doing. But I would love to see them kind of like, look, I'm not going to pretend that I would not love to see some of the principal actors from the Ghostbusters films, like for Dan sure. Aykroyd yeah. to show up at the 40th anniversary of the firehouse would be to me, like an amazing thing to happen. I'm not saying it's ever going to, or that that's a thing, you know, but like, and it's not as if so we can be like, our Dan, you have to go. We all do, right? But I mean, like, it's not like yeah. somebody could look at Dan and be like, we order you to go Dan Stance Royd. Uh, you will go. I don't know if you know this, but that's my new name for him. I've been saying this for Dan several Stance-roid. episodes that okay. because right. Ray Stans and Dan Aykroyd have merged into one being in my brain at this point, <laughs> that they're just one they are one entity. He's just Dan Stance now. now. Um, but yeah like they they can't demand he's there but i mean like that's the kind of stuff where i say have them come out you know make that have not make them but work to try and see if you can have them guest appear at these things even for like 15 20 minutes to help drive the fundraising event because yeah, it's something no, that agreed. benefits the firehouse it you know? would so it would
1: be amazing yeah, and that's we're you know we're always trying to find ways to bring different talent and other people to this event um so you know we're 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 working on it and hopefully, yeah, yeah it, w- it would be great if Sony's able to help out with stuff.
2: One yeah. other thing we should talk about um, that we haven't talked about yet, and it kind of comes back to what we were talking about in terms of producing things and being producerly and using all the skills, is that since we last talked, you went off and found your own podcast to make. Way to go. <laughs> it wasn't good enough to come on here. Uh, no. But like, <laughs> I just
1: enjoyed it so much that... <laughs>
2: But you've it's to be fair, it's not like an ongoing recurring thing that's happening every week as much as it was kind of like a mini-series as a podcast, yeah. which I thought was cool. Like you had this idea. And I think like I'm hoping you're gonna do more of that kind of thing because that notion of like, hey, it doesn't necessarily have to be a weekly podcast, but we can do a mini-series of maybe six or eight episodes on a particular topic that all fits under one uh channel or one, you know, entry mm-hmm. on iTunes makes tons of sense to me. But you did this mini-series podcast where you basically did a chapter by chapter dissection of James Green's um, a, Conve- a a Convenient Parallel Dimension, the unofficial uh, history of Ghostbusters. And I thought this was so amazing. Like, he was came on and was a guest on this show, then you were, and then you ended up together like, let's do this chapter by chapter. And I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. Um, I wish I thought of it, but I'm glad you did because that's great. Um, so tell me a bit about this. Like, how did that go? What did you, how how did you feel the project went?
1: Incredibly well. It was a pleasure to talk to James. He was so, you know, um, gracious with his time to do yeah. that every week for six straight weeks. Um, cause we did two chapters every week, um, right. was just so cool. He's such a nice guy. So mm-hmm. down to earth. Um, and I mean, the book itself is fantastic. There is so much yeah. information in that book that I didn't know. Um, And so it all came because a few of us, he did a giveaway on Ghostbusters Day, (laughs) of that book on his social media, and a few of us won it. Gotcha. And then it was like, oh, well, let's do a team book club because a few of us also already had it. And it was like, oh, well, we could all read it together because I'm horrible about that personally. Like (laughs) I buy these books and then I never read them. I'm just like, oh, I got to have that book.
2: I've I've Um, joked about this, but I I received a free copy of the book when James came on the show because I got to sort of review the book, you know, to see it, to be able to talk to him about it. And then I went off to Barnes and Noble at the same time and um, got myself the audio version of the book because I knew that I would be a terrible, be terrible. I'm a person who teaches for a living and I knew I would be terrible at being diligent enough to find the time to sit down and read. But I knew that I could listen to the book. And then because while I did dishes, while I did other stuff, and then when I wanted to go fact check or look at where he was pulling stuff from, I could go grab my print copy almost like a companion to my audio book. So that's what's so yep. funny me is like that you ended up making a podcast that was functionally a companion audio podcast to the book. So I was like, that's Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so I mean it it kind of, you know, we were like, oh, let's do our own team book club. And then we were like, oh, should we do a podcast about it? And we were like, uh, eh, I don't know. And then we were like well, what if we get James to come on and talk about it, you know, with us every once in a while. And it just kind of like snowballed. And I mean, it was nothing. Like I sent him a message and he was just like, yeah, absolutely. Let I me mean, know oh, when you want to do it, like it wasn't even a thing, there was no yeah. back and forth or it was so easy and it was so much fun. And uh, yeah, you know, we've, we have a few ideas to maybe continue it in this sort of serial mini series type way, but right. uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of fun, Bernsey, You, I know you got to have some some anecdotes on this.
0: Yes, uh, I will admit that is the first book I've finished reading since I was an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I, I too almost thought about getting the audio book, but uh, I sat down and actually read it. Do we give and, you a free uh, Pizza
2: Hut pizza for that and a little badge? Is that like
0: <laughs> I, I would read a lot more if I if I get a free Pizza Hut pizza. <laughs> book <it>. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, James, absolutely wonderful. There were so many questions that we had throughout the six weeks that he would just, you know, be like, oh, yeah, no, this is exactly what happened. This is the story. This is how I learned it. This is what didn't make the book. This is what ended up did making the book. And just so informative. I highly recommend the book to anybody who wants to know more about Ghostbusters.
2: Yeah, there's so much there that I've talked about that is amazing in terms of just like I think that he really has the most comprehensive discussion of the Ghostbusters song at this point, like the story of it. And I mean, for years, we thought we thought that a track was the Hughes and Thrall's track thrall track that wasn't even the Hughes and Thrall track. So so many of us have been trying to piece together the individual parts of that story of how that song came together and who was involved and who had been asked to do it and who didn't. And so it's like, when you look at the investigative work he did there to try and track that down, it's really mind blowing to me um, that he has kind of that chapter alone. I've joked about and said to folks, like even if you don't care that much about reading Ghostbusters 2, because that's not your shtick, like sit down as your opener and just grab the chapter on the Ghostbusters theme song and read it. And from there, you're going to be like, I got to know more about this because the way that this all unfolds, it's very well, interesting, still, my, you know.
1: My favorite anecdote from that chapter is that almost everyone who ended up on the soundtrack originally was going for the title track.
2: Right. So the Alessi <laughs> brothers
1: tried to write Ghostbusters and right. couldn't come up with it and you know, but then they all ended up on the soundtrack. I was like, that is so interesting. And also Which, now I want to
2: hear all of their versions of Ghostbusters. I want to hear the air supply version of Ghostbusters. <laughs> I know, <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Like, that's one of those things where it's like part of the licensing deal there was, hey, we're getting these these musicians involved. We've got to basically essentially pay them for something at this point. So um, yeah. we'll use them for other songs on the uh, on the soundtrack. But yeah, I mean, there's just so much stuff in that book that I found was really um, there's so many things I knew, of course, because like I feel like I know a lot about Ghostbusters. But then there were so many things that I don't know that I went, oh, and that was when I would go, where did you find this? Like, what is the source on this? And you come back yeah. to, you know, some pretty interesting stuff. So and I'll say that's also like I'm pretty sure that the creation of that book is how we ended up with um, Ghostbusters Hellbent existing out there in the world now, like but yeah, it was in it was in a private collection of university texts. And I think his identification yep. of it is sort of what led it to be um, something that's out in the in the world now. We don't really talk about it much because I'm not sure that Sony wants us talking about it that much. But Right. I
1: think we're it, all very you know. careful about that. We're like, ah, how much can we say
2: all right. it exists? It's out there. You can find it. I'm not going to well. tell you where, but yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much he uncovered, I think, that were things that I oddly enough. I think that maybe coming into that as somebody who didn't have connection to the fandom in, in the same way and who is going to have to follow down leads as an independent journalist in a different way than maybe some of us would have as fans, um, maybe led him to the things that we never saw before. Who knows? You know, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And but- I'll say this, actually, one of the super fun aspects of this, and I'm sure you can relate to this, you know, with uh, recording your podcast now that I have experience on two of them um the one of the most fun aspects with james was what i'll call the green room when Mm -hmm. we weren't recording yeah and it was just all of us chatting with him even though that's what the podcast is when it was just shooting the shit and he could actually say whatever he wanted because it wasn't being recorded right Um, it's the secret podcast
2: right that's it's (laughs) like it's not actually a podcast it's the part that you have club Right. I I think that, you know, there is a weird thing about podcasting, especially when you do it several times over with a person like we've done this now a few times that you begin to develop a relationship in a way with that person. That's almost like interpersonal. You get to know people. You have conversations with them. It's different than conducting an interview and like, oh, hey, let's sit down 30 minutes. These are my questions. Thank you very much. I got my answers. Moving on. I'm going to go write my content. A podcast to me is like a generative thing. It's a conversation. It has to be an ongoing discussion where people can put, you know, different viewpoints into it. And that's what makes people want to listen to it. It's like sitting around at the bar, listening to people talk who you might not even know. But they're like, yeah, you know, um, I had a very like visceral experience like that once when 9-11 took place. Not to be like, let's bring it down, everybody. But um, when it happened.
1: Not to bring it down, but let's talk about 9-11.
2: I remember I remember going to a bar near my house in college with my roommate. And we sat down at the bar and we were all just sitting there. The news was on and there was like the sound was turned off and it was the quietest that had ever been in this bar. And the entire time I'd been there because nobody wanted to play music. Nobody was like turning on sports. Everybody was fixated on this terrible thing that tragedy was happening. And all of a sudden, like one person at that bar began talking and they were like a postal postal worker. And then the next person who started talking was like a guy who, you know, like worked for the city. Um, like hauling trash. And the next person who started talking was um, a newspaper reporter who had come over and been like, I need to get out of the newsroom because I just need to get the hell out of here. And to just come over to get like a drink and was like, I need to. And so it was just like this strange pool of people who otherwise like never would have had a conversation, but because there was yeah. this shared thing that they really were invested in the moment. It opened up a conversation. And from that moment on, anytime we were in the bar at the same time with those same people, there was this awkward need to kind of nod. Like we've all shared something together, you know? And it's like, we didn't all become super great friends because we shared a trauma together, but like, it's not trauma necessarily. It has to be, but it can be the joy, the elation, the celebration of fandom and these things that I think, you know, I'm doing the part where I talk too much and I don't let you talk, but, um,
1: (laughs) No, no, it's a, it's a very good anecdote. It's a very good story. And you're hundred percent right. Um, you know, it honestly makes me think about like, I would actually love one of these days now to go back and listen to some snippets from our first episode compared to our last episode with James yeah. of just how different we all related to each other because we were, you know, friends by the end of it. And right. Just chatting and hanging out all the time uh, after the podcast in the green room, sort of just okay. So now what's going on? And I mean, we literally—it wasn't all Ghostbusters. It was like, hey, James, right. like, what's going on this week? You know, what's you know, he talked about his son's birthday with us and mm-hmm. uh, his his son's disability and everything. So it was it was just very cool, yeah, and it was fun I mean- to get to know him.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've, I have continued to follow him on Facebook afterwards and we've kind of interacted a few times. I think I shot him a one-liner the other day because he made some comment about, um, his, I guess his, his daughter or something saw a podcaster on television and, or on video and made a comment about how podcasters look. And I said, as a podcaster, <laughs> um, I tried to reply and said, you've been on a podcast and as a podcaster, like messing with him a little bit. And he's been very nice, you know, very, very casual down to earth person. And I have to admit I'm very interested in his next book. He's writing a book about Guns and Roses. That oh, yeah, yes. I'm
0: I'm definitely interested.
2: <laughs> I'm really interested yeah. in. It. I'm like I'm really glad that I got to sort of find him as an author and as a voice who's like doing kind of uh, you know sort of unauthorized biographies and histories and things and interested in digging into stuff that maybe other people don't necessarily want to talk about you know but and is mm-hmm. uncomfortable for some folks but that ultimately adds to the understanding of what the texts and movies that we love where they're coming from. And maybe that's a better way to think about this is like, it's not about talking about shared trauma as the example I gave, which sounded miserable, uh, but it's about talking about shared texts. You know, it's like talking about the yeah. shared, the shared experience of digesting and evaluating a text that really this podcast ends up being about that that ends up being about. And that is so meaningful. So I'm glad it was such a success for you. If people want to find it, there's cause it's out there and they can still listen to it. Um, yep. where do they find it?
0: Uh, it's Berzy, available on all of the major podcasts, uh, um services. So just look in your podcast app for a convenient parallel discussion. Uh off top of my head, iTunes, Spotify, um I think it was like PodChimp that I had it on. Anything mm-hmm. that that um it would let me <laughs> just send the feed out too. i sent the feed out
2: too. <laughs> gee i have some experience with this i'm, I'm not sure what by <laughs> what whatever do you mean podchimp and other random platforms when you're starting your podcast you're like maybe i can put it here maybe people will notice it there i don't know um but yeah but then and then you get to do your analytics which is always fun mm-hmm. if you ever sit down and look at your podcast analytics and you're like Wow, 75% of my listenership comes from Apple. (laughs) Then you go, that's that's kind of crazy. Apparently, um, most podcast fans are Apple users. Who knew? Um, but yeah, it's it is kind of wild to think about that kind of stuff. But I do think it's great that like you got that off the ground, you got it running. I hope you continue it with other stuff. But even if you don't, like if you haven't picked up that book and you're listening out there, like go grab that book. I know at one point I even said that like you could get a Barnes and Noble like trial for like their monthly subscription thing and it would let you download a book for free. So I was like, just go get James's book go. so he can get download credit <laughs> for it. And you don't have to pay a dime. Just cancel after a month on yeah. the Barnes and Noble thing. That's my I don't have promo codes to give people. I just have schemes. <laughs>
0: schemes. James will be real happy that I'm bringing this one up. If you really want the book, go to your local library. If they don't have it, ask yeah. you to order it. It'll be yeah. there for everyone to go and read.
2: Yeah, that too. That's yep. true. Like that is a really good thing to do um, is if you can r- recommend it to a local library. That's a really cool idea. So one thing I want to talk with the two of you about, because you're active people who are wearing Ghostbusters gear on a regular basis, engaged in cosplay for charity and all these great things. What's your reaction to uh, the HasLab announcement? Like the HasLab announcement came out on Friday. We know now Mm -hmm. that for the cost of $299.99, you can get yourself a two pack, a two in the box um, of the the Hasbro Ghost Trap and the Hasbro PKE meter that have kind of been designed off of screen Uh, props. They've allegedly been 3D scanned. I don't say allegedly because I don't believe them. I'm just like, which prop did you scan? I'm interested (laughs) to know. Uh, But what do y'all think about it? Um, What do you think about the HasLab announcement?
1: It's awesome that they're both available. Obviously, the Maddie Collector ones have been in the fandom for so long, but not readily available that the prices on them have you know, it's cost prohibitive for a lot of people to, to own those. Um, I mean, I still, uh, when I cosplay, I carry my Matty Collector PKE. Um, oh, you're brave. I, you are brave. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I I do not bring the trap out, ever. That just sits on a shelf. Um, yeah. So from that angle, I'm excited to probably get at least one set. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, with it being a set, I feel like at least Personally, for me, if they were separate, I would probably buy extra traps. I don't necessarily (laughs) want extra PKEs. So um, the set is interesting, but I think it's cool, too, because um, it's something that a lot of fans, again, don't have access to and um, are excited to get. Obviously, I mean, you know, when we started the podcast, it was at 81 percent in 24 hours, uh, which I will say I am shocked about. Cause the a pack, <laughs> right. pack took nine days to fully. Front. Right.
2: And I think the this fastest funding in thing a day and a is, half. I think the fastest funding thing ever was the GI Joe, his tank, which funded in about nine hours, but this would okay. be like the second fastest thing. So <laughs> yeah. this would be like the second fastest thing if it does it in a day, I think. So, yeah, okay. but I think you're right. Yeah, like so- I, I will say, I think that there's like a potentiality that people will, um, like i think we may see a resale market of people who, buy both props and then they go, well, I don't really need a PKE. I just needed a trap. <laughs> so yeah, the loose PKE will end up on eBay. And I think that some of that's going to happen because of this pairing of stuff that, you know, you kind of into that. Um What do you think, Chris?
0: I also would have loved if they were separate items Um just for the fact of I have the cheap. I think it was a Walmart PKE. Yeah. Best thing I've had as a cosplay item. Because whenever we do an event, I literally hand it to kids for photo yep. ops. Yep, mm-hmm. I would never do that with $150 PK. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. But I would also buy a $150 trap. Right. So I yep. would have that, you know, 100%, at least one for display, you know, one for our booth display I'd have, mm-hmm. you know, and it'd be something that odds are they wouldn't be playing too much with the trap. So right. So it could be something we could have in public. The PKE, though, that's going to take so much damage I'd never do. And together, I don't know if I'd be willing to drop 300 bucks on it.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. I'll especially say especially two
0: weeks before Christmas,
2: even not um handing it off to kids regularly. I don't know how many um Spirit Halloween slash Target slash Walmart, because at some point that thing got what ended up happening there was uh, for folks who don't remember this, uh, the Spirit Halloween PKE meter existed, but it was also something that Ruby's was producing. Rubies ended up being bought out when they went bankrupt by believe it or not Neca, so the company that now owns them is a shell company of Neca. And so that's why when you would go to the Neca section of Target, you would find that PKE meter hanging there next to all the Neca action figures going, "Why did the Target employees put this weird Ghostbusters prop with all these action figures?" And it was because now Neca was sense. distributing it. Now it makes sense, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, like you're right. That was an accessible prop that maybe was going to cost you like 30 bucks, but I can't tell you how many of them I've blown through just because they're not well made, right? They're not. And so, Mm -hmm. but by the same token, they cost nothing. So the easiest thing to, if you're going to know that you're going to walk around, you're going to drop the stupid thing, it's going to fall off. It's going to be put on a table, et cetera. Um, it's going to be sort of sacrificial in a way. Um, I have a, a spirit trap that the same thing last Halloween, I put candy in it. And said, I'll put it yep. out on the table right outside my house. And one of the kids who came over reached in and grabbed some M&Ms and the M&Ms caught on the door. And he dragged the whole thing right off the table and it fell on the ground and shattered. And I went and the mom standing there was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, "That doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Because it's like, yeah, that's a trap that I got for, you know, on November 1st at Spirit Halloween for $20 that I don't care yeah. about. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can totally see, like, why if you're thinking about utility and you don't need another PKE and you're kind of more inclined to be like, I treat PKE meters as, you know, this s- disposable <laughs> in, a, in a way mm-hmm. um, that it makes some sense. I know personally, I'm a little excited because I don't need another ghost trap. Um, I think I listed off to you before we started how many I have. I think the number think we ended up to 11, 11, right? It was 11 <laughs> different ghost traps. It was like two Maddies, two spirits, two Walmarts, some RTV trap in there. Like there was a whole bunch of things we counted off. Disguise traps, and my maddie trap will never leave. Right, it's never going to because I'm so afraid of it getting damaged. But even now, my my um like my disguise rubies trap, right, the the Walmart trap. As much of the like that's the same thing as a spirit trap, which is infinitely replaceable. No, it's not because it's the one that opens up and they don't make it anymore, and it was always low quality, so it's hard to have it out there and not have it break. So uh, having another trap option for me makes sense, and I'm like, I want to buy that. I think I, you know, I kind of agree with the two of you a little bit about this, and I'll probably talk about this at the beginning of the episode this week, that I think that they could have marketed these two items separate and offered mm-hmm. them to us the same way they did the Spangler wand and done it at retail. And we uh, the same amount of us would have come running out of the woodwork to buy yes. one or the other, you know, mm-hmm. if not yeah. both. So, yeah,
0: but, or multiples.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you might look at one of those two things as being and I've heard that from more than one person who's like, I would have bought multiple traps. Right. Like I overbuying multiples of two of everything of both. Like that. I would have That's wanted me, more than sure. one trap, you know? Yeah. Like you if want this one was for
1: retail. Your- if this was retail right now and they just were like, Hey, here they are. Yeah. So I have, I have not backed the HasLab yet. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do, but if they were retail right now available, I would have already ordered one PKE and two traps.
2: Yeah. Like No, that makes, guaranteed. I get that. Yeah. And I it's kind of funny because like when you ask me how many PKEs I have compared to how many traps I have, it's kind of weird to think about. But it's like I have one Maddie PKE. I have two spirit PKEs left at this point, And one of those disguised ones that doesn't move or doesn't do anything that I literally put on my lawn um, at like at Halloween. It sits there as a like it sits there in a pile of bones to be sort of representative <laughs> of a dead ghostbuster there's a ghost trap and there's a pke and then there's a pile of bones and my haunted house right and so nice um like it's that, that to me like but what's weird is like i'm not compelled to be like i need more pke right like i i don't mm-hmm. feel like i need it as much as the ghost trap has more functionality and i think this is part of why as much as it might be seemed essential in a video game the pke meter is a detection tool it's not a busting tool like right. I don't need the PKE meter to uh, like sort of be a ghostbuster. It's an effective tool to help find the ghosts, but at the end of the day, with the exception of adding on the taser in afterlife, it's not a way for me to actually bust ghosts. It's just like an EMF detector, which ironically enough, the new Hazlab has inside of it.
1: They're apparently um, going to put in. By yeah. the way, I I do have to just say on the Stretch Goals, I was definitely a little disappointed on those with just the patches and the holsters and stuff. But Going back to the proton pack where they gave us the burnt mini puffs. Yeah. How are we not getting like a melted or exploded mini puffed for the shocker mode? Like sure. It just goes with it. I feel like that would have been such a good stretch goal.
2: Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Like I I I think that's a really creative, cool idea. That would be really neat. Um, I like I like the belt hangers they're doing and stuff. Like I think that's great. But again, if they'd done them at retail, I think that would have been a way to go. You're getting the belt hanger. And the Mm -hmm. piece of equipment. And even if you charged like 175 to folks at that point at retail, because you had less confidence about how many you'd sell, we would have bought them. Um, and so instead, Mm -hmm. you know, I also say that we've now had the family that busts together and two in the box. And I just think that, you know, maybe thinking about some of those double entendres over there at Hasbro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> might be a necessary thing to start considering that you're kind of, you know, you're taking lines out of the movie. I Hasbro get it. Naming but, department,
1: know, be careful. You know,
2: you've you've had your issues before with, you know, another another ghost trap item that you were going to sell that also had some entendre issues. Maybe it's time to bring in an outside perspective to take a look at what you're naming the things and how they might be utilized in <laughs> bad punnery and bad behavior in the fandom. But
0: I digress. <laughs> Just a focus um, group. It's all you need. Just a focus group. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Which just apparently a they have, but... Well, they need a different <laughs> focus group. They need a focus group of filthy-minded people. That's what they really need. They just, like, <laughs> they have to just give a pop quiz, like, what does this mean in a series of entendres? And if people answer with, like, the sexual answer enough times over, then those are the people they bring in for that focus group, and they show <laughs> them <laughs> and they products. And if the they're the like, <laughs> it's a dick, or it's the two, it's two things in a box, bro, <laughs> then they can go, oh, shit, we didn't think of that. Um, and now I'm that guy that's the worst part is I'm that guy nope. right now just so we're clear because I made this I made this joke um, I am a key representative of that focus group don't bring me in to ask me what I think you should make just bring me in to ask me what I think you should name it um, and that'll be good enough <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah no I'm I think these are cool I think you kind of both raised some valid some valid points about it um, so do you, th- you think you're going to get in on it though do you I mean are you still mulling it over Dan
1: I gotta decide how many I want to do at this point. I I know I'll do one just out of yeah. sheer FOMO. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely do at least one. I might even just wait it out just to see, like, okay, once the holsters are unlocked, like that would right. they, it would be a definite. Then I'll I'll. It's make funny sure you say order. that. I
2: was joking about this earlier today with somebody that um, Hasbro Pulse, like during the video showed us the ghostbusters video and then it cut back to the same representative Emily she was now like in different clothes and she was like don't forget if you sign up for Hasbro Pulse you'll be able to back this 1 hour early and i'm like and who then who cares for everybody but but beyond that who cares yeah. this thing is available for you to back it's, for it's, 2 months like for so 45 for 40 days. days right like you being there first in the first hour means absolutely nothing and i'll also say this if they're fulfilling orders In order, it means you probably get the first run of the factory stuff that comes off. And then you go, hey, my battery compartment doesn't seem to work right. (laughs) And then you have to send your stuff back because you were such an early adopter uh, as a subscriber. Am see When somebody said, see, you were like, I don't know if I can say shady things. Of course you can say shady things. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, um, do you think you're going to pick one of these up or what do you think?
0: I've got a debate on it. I mean, I fortunately have about 40 days to think about it.
2: Yeah. But
0: uh, it's it's a lot of money right before Christmas. That's my biggest thing. And Mm
2: -hmm. to be fair, they did that with the HasLab pack, too. That Mm -hmm. was the complaint that a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of people made last time, which is why I think like not to be like sort of rehash something I've said over the last few weeks in the podcast, but like the announcement of an announcement that doesn't tell you what to expect in the announcement doesn't give anybody the opportunity to like. Oh, wow. And so if you told somebody you were going to do this and there was like a say, I almost think like a four month window to do this, you even if you didn't tell how much it was going to cost, you could just say, hey, we're putting out a thing. Get ready. Start saving whatever. Maybe you won't want to make the marketing appeal. Start saving because people be like, what do you think I am, Rockefeller? But like, like, you know, if you let people know this as opposed to just a 45 day window when you're absolutely right, people are spending money on their kids. On gifts mm-hmm. for people, and they have to prioritize what they can reasonably put on a credit card, and they don't see the product granted for like another year. But that mm-hmm. window, I think, to do it twice to Ghostbusters to me seems odd, right? Like they do other has labs at other points in the year for other product. So why they did it for Ghostbusters, I don't know. By the same token, it certainly didn't hurt them. They sold twenty-one thousand proton packs last time, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I don't <laughs> think it's going to hurt them this time they're going to make money but i do think you're right like i think that there's a it creates a little bit of a um attention and issue right like for those of you who want to back it but also have to figure out like i'm spoiled i have no kids so somebody's like you're spoiled right now when you need a kidney or somebody to take care of you when you're old you will be changing your mind about that <laughs> uh, but i can do what i want flexibly to back something like this because i don't have to worry about how i'm buying gifts for kids and making somebody's christmas special other than like my partner, right? And she's a person looking at me at this point who's like, hey, can we stop buying stuff for each other and just like buy a cool appliance together? And I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> uh so you know, it's just like, I don't I, I get what you're saying. It's kind of an odd position to be put in, you know. But mm-hmm. um on the final thing I'll say about that, because I, I raised it earlier. I said something about reselling the props, right? Like the ones you don't mm-hmm. want. But there's a thing that I know is existing right now with the current proton pack market. And it's a weird thing to consider. If you bought a, there were a whole bunch of people like you don't have to raise your hands in admit it here if you're one of these people, but I definitely bought a second one. I bought a second proton pack and the logic of buying a second proton pack for many people was if I don't end up wanting it. I can put it on eBay and resell it right. I can sort totally. of get I can get rid of it. Yeah. And what. A lot of people don't recognize is that once they do that and they are hitting a $600 threshold, they are then paying income taxes on the attempt to sell or resell the prop. Right. Yeah. And so my concern is not like, oh, people have to pay taxes. Like, yes, pay your taxes. This is not like welcome to Scamcast where I tell you how to defraud the IRS using your PKE <laughs> meter. Like, uh, but I mean, that because the value of those props goes up so high in the resale market so quickly because, oh, it isn't made anymore and Hasbro says they'll never make another one, it immediately pushes the threshold of that price above 600 bucks. And then you are sitting there going, well, now to sell the thing and to break even on it, I would have to sell it for 800 or 900 because right. I know I'm going to lose one third of it to Uncle Sam and I'm also going to lose my eBay fees, etc right? And so- yep. To me, that's the other reason why I'm like, stop doing this with props this way. Like, I'm I'm happy we're getting them. I'm by no means angry at Hasbro for making these props, but I am like, look, if you like want to make this sustainable, like I get that for them it has less risk to uh, know exactly how many they need to make, but mm-hmm. in terms of the longevity of the fandom and making sure that people can get the things they want, who later on want to still be part of what we're doing, it really does kind of create a crappy situation you know so yeah i don't know sorry if i just took everything positive and no you're good
0: (laughs) no yeah no i i agree and an easier way to do that would be to do a smaller run if you have to do a second run do a second run
2: right Mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know like none of that means none of that is judgmentally bad about the product i'm really excited about you know getting it and i think it's going to be very cool and i think there's a lot of love put into the design of it. And I think that's what I would say at this point about so many things I interact with. It's like whether it's Ghostbusters, Spirits Unleashed, whether it's Hasbro props, whether it's movies and how movies are marketed. It's like I love the product and I love the story and I love the art. What drives me a little crazy sometimes is the way in which we market it, you know, like and that creates anxiety for people and worries for people that if we just did things a little bit differently, you could probably be more inclusive and create less panic you know amongst the deeply invested people. So, not that it's panic. Sure. It's not like I'm like hey, they put out Ghostbusters props and the fucking world is ending. Somebody call FEMA. We got to set up camps. Um <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. So, but as cosplayers, I'll ask you this kind of maybe a final question on this. Are you excited at least about the ability to do some modding with these? Because that's the thing I'll say about this that I think is great is Hasbro did a great job of making the Proton Pack highly moddable. And um, I don't know if you've seen it, but Emily from Hasbro has is now in the slash R slash Ghostbusters Reddit forum with a post kind of doing a post discussion about that. And somebody asked this question. They were like, are you making these moddable? Like just like you did the Proton Pack. And she made a response something to the effect of legally, I am obligated to tell you that you should never take any of our <laughs> toys apart or do anything with them. That is not in the instruction manual for safety reasons. But that being said, the same kinds of considerations made on the previous HasLab lab made on this one.
1: And so I that like, was great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, do you see this as potentially like being the same way, like beneficial for cosplayers as an early, as an easy entry point for building like a modable proton pa- or modable trap or a moddable PKE meter, et cetera.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, seeing some of the amazing things that have come out for the proton mm-hmm. pack so far, being able to do that with a trap or the PKE would be huge. I'm not sure how moddable the PKE is going to be with yeah. the whole um, EMF reader. Right. Um, just, you know, interference and all that, but the trap could be phenomenal.
2: I want to get a real taser in there, Chris. Come on. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> sorry
0: i mean i mean a little bit of duct tape and uh some 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 real spirit will get it in there for you
2: We'll get some capacitors we'll supercharge them we'll get some wires they'll be fine it'll be okay (laughs) but
0: uh for legal reasons please don't do that yeah don't do that (laughs) don't do
2: that and if you're the guy out there by the way who there is is, there's a guy if you're the guy out there who took the um Hasbro little blue role play prop and you took the whole thing apart and you put a taser inside of it and you spray painted it black and made it look like the real thing and then you demonstrated using it on YouTube. You're a dangerous person and also I admire you.
1: <laughs> also oh, so I please you. contact me to come on the <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, I think, I, I think you're right, Kristen. Like it may be kind of difficult to modify the PKE, right? But um mm-hmm. But, like, I am envisioning a potentiality that, like, maybe there's enough space in that trap and enough kind of, like, wiggle room on wiring that if you wanted to add in a way to shoot out vapor out of that trap, that yeah. maybe somebody pre-thought that for you. We won't know mm-hmm. till we get it open, but, you know, yeah. So, Dan, anything else you want to add about the sort of the HasLab,
1: the Haslab announcement? No, you know, I think I hope that I with these mods and all that and how moddable the pack is and that, you know, there's potential with these new ones. I hope that I start to challenge myself because I'm not that guy. I don't mod things a lot. Um, but I see all these great mods that people release and everything. And I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. Or I need to get somebody to help me. And I really should just like start playing with some of it myself.
2: Yeah. I feel like we all need an introductory, an introductory soldering course. Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> somebody in the fandom needs to do that, like a YouTube channel that is just like how to do all the little things for noobs, right? I like There's shout out to like
1: podcast Supernatural but, Soldering.
2: Right there, you go. Oh man, that's a great title. Even um, we, but we like, need to yeah. word that
0: properly, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, um, that's funny because I mean I give a shout out to like you know Proton Pack is not a toy. Uh, matt right because he's doing a little bit out with a slime blower build and stuff but like i think that if you know there's there is that there's a democratization to sort of um prop modding that's happened over the years in the community where you know years ago we used to talk about who was recasting what and now we talk mm-hmm. about whose 3d model can you get to be able to print your own <laughs> right which mm-hmm. is like totally different <laughs> discussion but Yeah. I don't know. I'm really eager about these. I'm excited. I think we have some similar ideas about the marketing things here, but I think we also agree that there's a lot of potential here for, you know, for us as fans, we're still going to buy the damn thing. I think, you know, I have already, but yeah. yeah, So, well, I think this has been a really fun conversation to have. Um, I really enjoy talking with you both and Chris, I'm glad I got to know you a bit, Dan. I'm glad we got to catch up a bit. Um, anything else you want to throw out there to let people know about, to sort of plug, obviously give us one more time, the email address to send the, um, the applications for for the yeah, applications
1: for the franchise deck uh, please send to info at Buffalo dot com um, and other than that you know we'll uh, keep working on Ghostbusters Day celebration stuff and we'll let you guys know a bunch of stuff in the new year
2: okay sounds good um, oh and anything for the holiday season you want anybody to know about since that's coming up Do you have anything going on um, if not I'll edit this out it's fine
1: yeah, no, we we do. Uh, so our two busiest seasons, well, I guess three busiest seasons would be Ghostbusters Day, Halloween, and yeah, the Christmas season because we do a lot of toy drives and stuff like that. So we'll be doing a lot of Toys for Tots stuff in our area.
2: Gotcha. Cool. People and if keep an eye for looking,
0: that. If anyone's looking for a good Christmas present for me, I am a size two in the box. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I. I will say this: one of the reasons that you and I have kept in touch over the years, Dan, is because you—you know—we've talked about this—that I have a, a deep-level friend from high school who lives in your area and who has a son who's a deep fan of Ghostbusters. And when I realized that he was coming to see you, um, I was like, "That's so crazy!" That like my best friend from high school is bringing his kid to come see you. So I hope that he gets to run into you a bit this holiday season too. Um, for I don't sure. think that they've been—they've been out to a Ghostbusters event so far, but they usually show up around the holidays. So hopefully, you'll run into them too. But. Um, I always enjoy talking to, uh, you know, to you, Dan and Chris, again, it was great to get to talk with you and meet with you. I hope you come back soon. Um, And anytime you want to come back and talk about things that Buffalo is doing, you're always welcome. Um, Thanks again for coming on.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank
2: you. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. That about wraps things up for Extra Plaza this week. I want to say thank you one final time to Dan and Chris for coming on the podcast and sharing a bit with us about where Buffalo Ghostbusters have been and what they have coming up next. I'm really excited about putting a set of those playing cards into my flight suit pocket, and if you're excited about having your logo on those cards in my pocket, be sure to get your application in ASAP and then start working on gaining those likes on social media to get the job done. I also want to thank vaporwave artist Magnavox, whose version of Ghostbusters serves as our theme song each week and Brendan Pierce of Beducci Studios, who provides our logo and visual identity for the podcast. And Brendan, if you're listening, because I seem to be using this section of the podcast to talk directly to you each week now, have an amazing first American Halloween experience. I'm s- thrilled that you're here and going to get to do that, although I imagine that you're going to find that most of the candy that you might get out trick-or-treating might be inferior to the chocolate you get in Australia. We'll see. Let's wrap about it. And for everyone else listening, happy Halloween. Have a safe and fun spooky holiday, whether you're taking the kids trick-or-treating or or you've aged out of that to tricks and treats of your own. Uh, Either way, have a delightful and frightful night. And as you celebrate the most haunted and ghost-filled night of the year, heed the words of Ernie Hudson.
0: Try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.